1: Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cat and you can find me at, at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsNerdsNeed Need on Twitter. Excuse me. Ooh. You can find me on CB Caps on Instagram.
2: South Carolina
1: with Columbia down the way. Coffee got to me for a second. Uh, and the sound effect that you've heard comes from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram.
0: What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're
1: Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, and this is The Comic kind of Chronicles, which you can find on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast for a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page.
0: Yes, make sure to hit like, subscribe, uh, leave us uh, five-star reviews. You can even do that on Spotify now, even though we're not up to date on Spotify just yet. And uh, you know, make sure to uh, listen in every week.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can also find us. Speaking of which, um, recording every Thursday night, uh, or nine thirty ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. Uh, that's youtube.com slash the click nation and uh twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles.
0: Again, hit like, and subscribe and hit the notification button to, to let you know when we are on live.
1: Yeah. And definitely, uh, if you could, you know, um, subscribe to the, the Twitch channel. Like I said, we, we do still plan to do some more streaming and stuff, but we would like to get to a certain point so we can kind of add some other shows up, uh, that come across. From the past. So, you know, just a little thing thing. So, with that, folks, uh, we are get into the show, which we're going to start off with uh, a recap of Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett.
0: Uh, let's see. Oh, I just closed my tab with it. <laughs> I can <gotta> open <laughs> it up again. <laughs> That's cool. I can
1: start off. But the... um. The name of this episode is, uh, fittingly, The Return of the... Well, not The... But Return of the Mandalorian, in, in true Star Wars fashion, because there's got to be a return of something. If it's not a return, it's revenge. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it is it's very much what, what um, people were speculating last week, and what was pretty much uh, heavily hinted at at the end of uh, last week's episode.
0: But As, I think it's more than what we were expecting, in many ways, this is true.
1: Yeah, this is true. Um, and yeah, we'll get to we'll get to one part about it when we. We'll, yeah, we'll get into one of
0: those many ways in a second.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so yeah, it starts off with um, with a meatpacking plant with some aliens uh, doing some some business, and in walks one Dinjarin, aka the Mandalorian, in with uh, complete with uh, the whistle. That's uh, I'm sure folks know well uh, all well and good at this point. Um, um he's basically there for Bounty, not not surprisingly. Um he I guess part of the surprising part comes in a minute because he, he makes his way through to the person he's looking for who's like, That ain't me. <laughs> I'm looking for XY uh, looking for what's the name, uh Cabo Baez, I guess his name is. Um and dude's like, um uh, I don't know. I'd let you know when he comes back. Um, and then mando just shows the the bounty with it with it with the same and he's like it's not me (laughs) i'm like okay your picture's right there
0: but um yeah it's funny uh you know long gone are the days of the wanted poster right you know and and it's funnier because obviously this is a uh uh you know a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but in our current age of smartphones and everyone basically having a camera on their phone and being able to to uh look at pictures on their phone, it's kind of tough to be like, "Hey, man, that's not me and then right. someone's just like, "You mean this isn't you?" and like holding up the you know your picture in front of them yeah. so that's essentially what Dingerin does
1: right. And this alien tried it because he was like nah that's not me it could be you know that could be anybody basically on, on his own so so of course in true mando fashion he was like um I, I could I could bring you in warm I could bring you in cold and then a fight breaks out with uh with some other folks that um that uh some of the other workers uh which ends up in two things happening one um then breaks out the dark saber which uh if you forgot from the mandalorian season 2 he ends up getting from uh, uh, uh from he ends up uh copping from Moff Gideon uh in the proper way uh and ends up Barney Fifeing himself in his leg with yeah. uh but um also ends up uh taking in his bounty very cold because he <laughs> sliced him in half with the dark saber
0: Pretty much, pretty much. I was very surprised that he uh, took it that far, right. but I guess he was uh, that you know he was in that much pain and in that much frustration.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, because he's usually more 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 controlled about it, you know, or at yeah, for, for lack of a better word. So yeah, I guess his frustration with, with with that and and what happened was was like fuck it. Plus, he didn't have Grogu with him. I think that's what it was. He didn't have his center with him. No, yeah. if, if Grogu wasn't with him. He probably would have been like, all right, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to chill.
0: But no. It's possible. It's possible. So so as Roddy Cat said, Mando uh, does, in fact, uh, get his man and tries to collect on the bounty. And then, you know, essentially, uh, once he collects on the... uh, It's actually not... What's implied is that he he's not collecting on the bounty per se, but is in fact collecting on uh, another price on this person's head. Right. So That's my
1: that was my understanding. One would argue this was part one of a of a, a side quest. <laughs> he was basically using this to get some information that he wanted to get to 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 uh, to get to another right. point. Uh, right. So, and, but, and yeah. the
0: information he and the information he's on the lookout for is trying to get to uh uh the relocated covert uh and this is this is really where the spoilers really need to to be uh to the spoiler bell needs to be rung because mm-hmm. I think everything that we talked about up to this point is spoiler ridden, but definitely not something that's going to uh, affect how you watch it. But any discussion of the upcoming part, which is really like exposition heavy, yeah. is going to require the spoiler bell. So here comes serious uh, Book of Boba Fett episode, was it five? Yes. Episode five and Mandalorian, especially uh, the Mandalorian uh, spoilers uh, coming in hot and heavy
1: in three Hmm. two one right so he finds the convert who and uh he finds the armorer who we last saw in the season i don't think she showed up in season one because i think the last time we saw him or her and uh a figure of note in mandalore history well a figure of legacy note i guess uh was in season one so the armorer and Paz Vizla. Um, are both here, and 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 some other um, some other other uh, Mandalorians are here. But those these are the two of note. Um, uh, the the armor patches up Din, I guess, uh, and then uh, Din gives her the um, the Beskar spear to uh, melt down. I was about to say
0: hold hold that thought. Okay. When when the injury happens, you, you know what my thought my first thought was. Was that. Hey, Mando, you never heard of back to Spray? And the next thing you know... Actually, I thought about that, too. The next thing you know... Guess what this particular... Um, <laughs> uh, what, what, what Paz Vizla has in right. order to help out Dingerin. right? Right. So right. I just thought, you know, just as a quick aside. Just no, as a quick you're aside. Right. I don't want to derail this particular uh, uh, recap. But as a quick aside, it was literally the first thing out of my I'm sitting by myself watching this this morning. Mm-hmm. No, so not you, this morning. Are, yesterday morning.
1: No, that's, and, that's a great point. You're you're absolutely right because I thought that exact same thing.
0: Right, it's like well, you uh, you know was w- was that on the the Razor Crest too? Like you never had See, a little. That was the uh, other idea. thing
1: until uh, yeah, until that uh, that I brought up. I was like, oh right, Every, pretty much everything he had was
0: on the was on his old ship, which got blown up. So right. yeah. So you know, like I understood that, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's that's kind of something. You know, it's kind of like Banaka. You know, like if you're one of those Banaka people, you always oh, have Jesus. it on you. So, right.
1: or at the very least, like he's got pouches and stuff. Like you would at least have like a little field field medic kit or <laughs> yeah, something.
0: He's 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 rough life felt Star Wars dream. But anyway, get <laughs> back, pretty much get back to getting back to the recap. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so he gets he gets
1: patched up and and uh, and um, uh, the the Beskar spear that he, he he's gotten he got from uh, season two uh, from from Ahsoka and. Um, I can't remember the other character's name, but regardless, um, got that that got melted down and um, made into a nice little care package for Grogu, which which was, was cute because was even in the shape of his head.
0: Uh, yeah, I was about to say we know. Well, uh, I I don't remember the character's name, but it's um it's Diana Lee Dos Santos' uh, yeah. character. That's right, who is yeah. wielding the Beskar spear?
1: Exactly, and then it gets into um well, I guess it just, this this kind of came out before that because because I think the armor asked uh, how did um how did that uh how did he get that big gash in his leg and he said it was uh, it was because of the dark saber and then there was that big uh whole conversation about you know uh well first to get then to get p- patched up then there was a conversation about um the D- the dark saber which history we know of and spoiler alert for the because the armor ends up going into basically a real brief um kind of catch up for folks or for the clone wars uh season well, basically, I guess what season five and seven, I guess, because I can't remember when the the, the first the first part that happened with uh, Satine and whatnot, and both Katan's name is mentioned, but definitely season seven because I know at the end of season right. seven that's when uh, she that's when all that stuff came went down on a uh,
0: right. Interestingly, interestingly, no one has actually said up until now the name of their group, which was Death Watch. Correct. No one has said that. Not even bo Katan and. Um, uh the the character the other the other two mandalorians that were riding with her including the wwe wrestler right uh yeah i mean they all know they all give knowing glances Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know understanding what what faction mando is actually a part of correct but but he doesn't um, also know either so well
1: i'm sorry But he doesn't also know either, because he was never told when he when he when he was found by them, he was never probably was more likely was never told that, hey, this is what this is. You know, right. This is called Death Watch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so. Right. But and all the stuff that happened with uh, with Maul and uh, during the sieges of Mandalore and, um, you know, with Pre Vizsla and all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff kind of gets glanced over uh here by the armorer and again like i said uh bo is mentioned and um you know the actually mentioned as a cautionary tale because of everything that had to happen in the clothes world with her and the way she got the ended up getting the dark saber and her rule and what ended up happening in that which was the th- night of a thousand tears which was uh the operation that moff gideon was a part of and moff gideon got brought up also and saying that um um basically saying like hey he's still alive but you know he should have been killed um for for what he did. And they there was even a cutscene that some people were saying that um was reminiscent of the Terminator. Uh because you you, you get a cut to basically shots from that night where Mandarin mm-hmm. gets blown to hell and uh K two um K two robots are kinda roaming around looking for survivors or whatever the case may be. Um so yeah. It's um it's 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 uh that. Also, it is worth pointing out that if I'm not mistaken, the Mandalorian is on a um is on a halo. Which I know is a ring uh ring world and is a thing that's you know, that is theoretical in um in the world, but it's gonna be a halo because I've played Halo. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but there's, but it's also a thing that's also shown up uh, in Star Wars before I believe in Clone Wars now that I think about it I think that was like season 6 uh, or something like that I don't remember but regardless this planet where he, he is has shown up in Star Wars before so it's not like this is a brand new thing um anywho uh, the, 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 so like I said um, the armored dark saber stuff that gets brought back up so and that's, I'm pretty sure that's going to come back up now the, the thing that kind of is funny to me is two things like why did he even use the dark circle in the first place? But two, which this part I actually get. So after the best guard uh, spirit gets melted down, he gets his little care package for for uh, for Groku, Um and they start talking about the dark Starter. huh? What do you think it is? Probably armor.
0: Yeah, I was thinking chainmail.
1: Yeah, yeah. Somebody was saying it was like it's mithril. It's best mithril, and I'm sitting like, yeah, that that makes
0: it because we're special with uh, all the rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a mithril shirt. That's
1: funny. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if that's been the case, that's gonna that's gonna sell a lot of toys regardless. So yeah, so after that, this is when Paz Vizsla decides that he wants to take the Darksaber from um from from Den. And of course, you have to get win it by uh combat, and then they have a little sparring pro a uh, little spar. And this part was kind of weird to me after this. So they spar then ended up getting the upper hand, didn't kill him. Um and then the armor is like, did, did you take off your helmet? Because that's the thing with that particular sect of uh, Mandalorians. And, and pa- uh, Paz is like, nope, never. Uh, and then she asks uh, Din Djarin, which we know he has. And he hesitates for a minute and says, yeah, he has. And then she's like, well, you're no longer a Mandalorian and bye, peace. And then, right. well, not by, well, basically by a piece, but then he's like, well, what can I do to atone for this? And she sent him a, basically put him on another side quest or another, another another quest, which presumably at this point is probably where we're going to find him in season three. I'm assuming. Like this is basically setting up what's going what he's going to be doing in season three. Uh, um, But we don't know, which also brings up another
0: question that we'll get into uh, later on, but... <clears throat> well, my understanding was that the, the 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 that he has no way to redeem himself because the way to redeem himself is now gone because the well, the mines yeah. in un, under Mandalore are or were destroyed by the Empire. Right. So that was my impression. But ultimately, what we get here is. A little bit more clarification of the children of the Watch. This group of foundlings. You know, mm-hmm. this is in addition. This is in addition to what we've learned about Death Watch and, and and the culture of Mandalore. At least for those of us who haven't read any of the literature or the novelizations, or even the comic books, with regard to the new, uh, or at least the current continuity of Star Wars and how that uh, how how that reflects. Uh, the developments on Mandalore and Mandalorian culture. Uh, For the most part, anyone who's watched the, the, uh, the Clone Wars cartoon has seen uh, even the Death Watch, hardcore people like Pre Vizsla and even uh, Bo-Katan when she was a member of uh, Death Watch, they all took their helmets off, but we don't know if that, uh, if this is a rule and it seems to be implied that this is a rule for the foundlings. Because you know what's what's implied is that these foundlings are uh, actually not of Mandalore Correct. and are kind of indoctrinated, and so they're told not to take off their helmets.
1: Right. I mean, even Boba Fett has taken off. Well, I mean, he's uh, you know has taken off his, or at least more recently, not in the beginning. You know, when we first seen him uh, a long time ago, but we he's right. seen him take off his helmet, just not caring. Um, but right. yeah, that's but especially
0: in right, especially in the cartoons. We're, we're used to seeing, you know, Pre Vizla, mm-hmm. you know, take off their helmets left and right. And they're supposed to be the hardcore Death Watch people. Right.
1: Which I, which, yeah, which kind of made me wonder, it was like, well, okay. Because I know there's but there's definitely a couple of groups. We don't want to have to get into the whole, uh, into because I suspect this is probably going to come back up at some other point when we talk about the Mantis mm-hmm. of the three. But there are definitely different sects of mandalorians like there was the pacifist ones i think they uh, that we did see during uh well that's like 16 crease uh right um uh, and then there and then there's these people who were on concordia who, who was like the armor and and death watch and what and all these people but i think there's Probably another sect also outside of that it 's all it 's all a whole thing
0: right Regardless. but but like i said it 's all it 's all in addition to that exactly. because what we can we, what we can 't do at this point is really rely that much on what we 've seen before and really take in some new information
2: right. with
0: regards to this particular area or sect of uh, Mandalorians and their culture so that 's just that 's just a little bit of. Uh, you know, a a little bit of information that we can glean from from where we have come so far in uh, these shows. And so at this point, where are we now?
1: So, okay, so one quick point before we go, because this is a quite paced episode, but we don't have to actually go through beat by beat. But the part that I forgot to mention before uh, this was that um, the armorer and um, uh, Den had did a little sparring session to kind of help train him uh use the dark saber more effectively because obviously as we saw you know um at the beginning of the episode he was not doing he was not doing good with it, which is why he used it in the first place I don't know but still regardless um and she she was also going through motions that, the same motions that um Kanan, uh used to teach um um uh um what's her name uh, Sabine Sabine uh how to use the dark saber in rebels and there was also as they we were talking before the show that the um that the uh the dark saber was feeling heavy to din jarin and also the same as uh, Sabine when she was trying to wield him. and there's a thing about that that they don't necessarily get to but is the, but is a thing that's been called back to regardless. now then um we can kind of get back to um uh to the thing so din leaves uh, Tries to board a ship to Tatooine. Apparently, does nonstop flights to, to Tatooine on this uh, Galactic Cruiser. He had to, uh, rent, to surrender his weapons, which obviously he didn't want to do. But he ended up getting them back. You know, because he doesn't have the Razor Quest, he has to fly commercial, as, as I saw somebody says said.
0: Right. I think um, they actually say that. Do they? I don't remember them saying that. No, no, they don't say they don't say that. But right. you can't get on a. They basically say you can't get on a commercial flight with weapons. Correct. So yeah, that's yeah. Imply.
1: Yeah, they. No, they. They. Yeah, he definitely said that, and um, mm-hmm. and and so he he pretty much uh you know surrendered all of his arm uh all of his um all of his stuff except for his jetpack which has weapons on it It pretty much has a rocket launcher on the back of it. So surprisingly, he didn't have to give that up. But whatever. So he got on, got onto the ship took the trip to Tatooine. Um, this little rodent kid, you know, in front of him kind of reminded him of Grogu, so he looked at his little care back of skin, got to Tatooine, got all his stuff back, luckily, because I thought something was going to happen with that yeah
0: like you, I that was a red herring yeah that was yeah. a red herring It's like tsa just you know bungled that particular transport right
1: right exactly it was like and then he was just gonna have to try to hunt folks down for to see um to, to get his stuff back but that didn't happen luckily so get um get back to tatooine he ends up going back to Pelly shop which we saw who we saw uh was the person that fixed up the razor crest um in mandalorian season one uh, yeah, Amy Sedaris is getting some tr- some getting some uh,
0: extended life on this character.
1: Yeah, indeed. Yeah, including her. Um, I guess yeah, she had a kind of kind of quote unquote cameo like a couple of episodes back, just kind of a
0: walkthrough. Uh, right. Well, herself. I mean that was a tease of her appearance in this episode. Right. Exactly. So, so so getting to this part, which is a a big uh, a big callback. You know, yes. we're going to get a big callback in this section of the episode where. Um, essentially, we ha- we find Mando on Tatooine, and he's been called there, mm. right? And what he's been called to do is to, you know, basically uh, check out a ship that Pelimato has uh, ha- has uh, been, you know, ha- has gotten for him because he's looking to replace the Razor Crest. Right. And Mando is a creature of habit. He wants his gunship. He wants some room. He and wants so some some place to stretch out in a ship. Instead, what he finds <laughs> is uh what Pelimato has for him is an N1 starfighter. If that doesn't mean anything to you, it's probably because I don't think it was ever actually uh noted in the movies. But in fact it is the uh starfighter that is uh native to the I guess the Navy the Nib- of uh, Naboo mm-hmm. and you will remember, these are the star fighters that are uh, scrambled when the trade Federation is trying to uh, uh, do their, you know, do the deed uh, around Naboo. And that is what Anakin little annoying Anakin, as opposed to teenage annoying Anakin, little annoying Anakin is flying one of these N one star fighters and, uh, uh, by the 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 will of the force, is apparently lucky enough to take down that trade federation um, uh, 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 droid remote control station. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is that this is that style starfighter. It's not um it's not the queen's ship, the the one that looks like an SR seventy one Blackbird. This is that little starfighter that was mostly yellow, mm-hmm. but in this case. It's actually in a lot of pieces, although
1: although Padme ends up flying a similar one in uh, one of those um, uh, voices of destiny or uh, destiny shorts that they did uh, a while back. So she did end up getting a chrome one, like like more like that one,
0: like this one. Oh, but this one actually was yellow originally because what we find what what we see is as. as As uh, Peli Motto says, "Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's not much to look at now, but with Mando's help." And the money that he's got, he can actually uh, put together something pretty cool. And that's a, a chunk of this episode is mm-hmm. them wrenching away, putting in the wrench time on this N1 Starfighter.
1: I know, right? It's and... almost like a training montage because you feel like there should have been some a little bit more um, music going behind it. But also, the, it's worth noting that uh, Mando says it's a piece of junk, which kind of felt like a callback to uh, what Luke say, said about the Falcon. Kinda,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and what we find out is, uh, they end up getting a lot of their parts through the help of Jawas, Mm -hmm. who are literally stealing these parts off of the Pike ships that are finding their way into Mos Eisley. Um, uh, You know, as a result of the Pikes kind of um, butting into the this particular part of Jabba the Hutt's. A criminal empire, mm, including one so, piece
1: that was used, that was found in the originally found in a garbage, uh in a garbage chute in episode four. You mean the big, the big long pipe that they that they brought in for him?
0: Is that I knew That's that looked same. familiar. Yeah, is it, that it, what it that is, was? Mm-hmm. That's funny.
1: So, and they called it something. I don't remember what they called it, but I was like, okay, it's that thing from the garbage chute. Like, great. That's funny. We also That's find funny. out, and I think you might have said this, but yeah, we also find out that Pell uh, not only speaks Jawese, but she dated one, and apparently they're furry and have issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, like Age of 70 said, they, they kind of go through and th- spend half of the uh, episodes. Like I said, this is a very paced episode, Um, fixing up the this, this starfighter. Uh, it's actually,
0: uh, oh, uh, hold that thought, it's actually on the longer side. There's well, yeah. a lot.
1: They fit in a lot of Mando stuff
0: in this episode, right? Go
1: ahead. So, so yeah. So they fix it up and they get it. They get it. Um, they get it. I feel like it still wasn't ready, even even when they finished it, because I was like, they seemed like there was some stuff they could have patched up or kind of put some stuff on. But regardless, uh, Mando took it out on the spin, took it off our spin rather, and uh, took it through Beggars Canyon, which uh, you know that you know what that is from Luke's from uh, Luke's um. Uh and I, I was gonna say Anakin. and Anakin, but yeah, sure. <laughs> uh runs through there, then takes it out in space. Uh oh well we'll get to that part in a minute, cause this this is the part I found funny, and I know you picked it, probably picked up on it. But um so takes it out on the spin, ends up going to space, ends up uh meeting with um um two galactic police uh, uh officers in um, um X wings. A familiar note, because one of them was um, Appa from from, from Kim's uh, Kim's Convenience. We've seen him a couple of yeah. times in The Mandalorian, so it's not surprising that he shows up. They even brought up the last couple of times they, they, uh, that he that he's uh, come across The Mandalorian. But he didn't know it. But apparently for some reason they couldn't look through the window and see that it was him. But then again, I don't know if they actually ever saw him. I feel like they had, because I know they pulled him out from there. But regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, but, um... They wanted to ask him a couple of questions, but uh, before you know, and they they asked him the the requisite stuff like, "Hey, you're a transponder. This and you know, because of the ship is off the record, you know, it's not, it's not um, uh, sending certain stuff. So they were, so they were kind of asking about this. Basically, they wanted to see license and registration. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In in other words, um, the Star Wars
0: equivalent of exactly.
1: And 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 then. uh let's see they don't even say his name but anyway the the republican officers kind of want to ask him some questions about that that other stuff and then basically hits the nos button and 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 gets the hell out of there which i kind of find it kind of funny that that starfighter has nos on it
2: mm-hmm. that's has the
1: star wars equivalent of nos on it so um mando goes back to uh pelly shop where uh, she tells him, like, yeah, somebody came looking for you, and we come to find out that it's Fennec Shan who's looking for him because of reasons we know why, uh, because uh, Boba, needs, uh, Boba needs some muscle. And we come to find out that that's pretty much... Uh, well, he basically says that, um, yeah, he'll do it. Uh, matter of fact, he was going to do it for free. But first, he had to go uh, see a friend, which he's been saying a couple of, uh, the whole episode, So which means he's going to see Grogu. Uh, now here's the question about that because that lens, that starts to put into question as to where this episode is in relation to one, uh, Mandalorian season three and two, the the last two episodes of this uh, of this particular show, because I'm wondering if it's like if it's going to be like what happened with Boba Fett in the Mandalorian where they just kind of recount that you know when, mm-hmm. uh, when that happens in season three or. You know, he's going to come in at the last minute, like in the last couple of the last episode, and be like, come in with an assist, an assist or something.
0: Well, you know. know that remains to be seen. Yeah, like uh, we don't What know. I would say is, you know, you know, we, we joke, we always joke about uh, these interconnected shows, you know, becoming required material. You know, especially when we're talking about the MCU, and now we've got. This kind of corner of the Mandalorian, uh, uh, the the Mandalorian co- corner of the uh, Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. and how the Book of Boba Fett really is um, uh, a kind of required watching for fans of the Mandalorian show because we literally have a backdoor pilot for the the, the next season of the Mandalorian in this episode, and it seems that the Mandalorian is going to be playing. Uh, a somewhat larger role than I expected in the the last two episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. Right. Or within the last two episodes, maybe not in both, but definitely right. within the next, the, the, the next and last two. Um, it's interesting that uh, we got so much development of the Mando storyline after it left off at the end of the second season of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. just in this one episode, Right, some I, I've seen some people
1: saying like, this is basically the 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 best episode of this show that in this in this particular episode had no Boba Fett in it at all. Yeah, I've heard similar discussions about that. So I'm like, I'm not sure if that's a fair. That that's I mean, it was definitely I thought it was a good episode, but you know, and it was kind of doing the same thing, a, a similar thing as what happened, like I said, in season two of Boba Fett. I mean, in season two of Mandalorian. Like I said, it was just kind of reversing that. It was like, um as opposed it, 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 at this point it's the mandalorian as opposed to boba fett but it's, it's a similar thing is going to happen so
0: right i think what's tough is the mandalorian is kind of uh, has has a lot of elements that is that are typical of of star wars adventures whereas boba fett at least until this point never you know hardly ever talks about stuff that's off world off of tatooine right You know, there's no, you know, there's very little to no uh, starship travel. So at this point, we've, we've, you know, we've gotten, you know, lots of shots of the the, the Dune Sea and Mos Espa and, you know, the inside of bars that are similar to, um, you know, other bars that we've seen in in uh, previous uh star wars movies and whatnot so i think i think the, the 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 broad the breadth of this episode the wide breadth of this episode you know spanning space travel spanning uh uh, uh jedi stuff spanning mandalorian culture all that stuff especially especially with it rotating around a character we've already seen two seasons of television on, I think um, is, you know, I think that's sort of what people kind of expect from like this new brand of Star Wars and what they're getting right now from Boba Fett isn't. So from what I've heard and what I've read, uh, at least according to ming now Wen, the last episode is really going to turn a lot of heads, uh, you know, the book of Boba Fett. So right. I don't know if they're just trying to set up a second season or if they're if they really are just going to blow everyone's minds in that last episode. And it's just been kind of a slog and a bunch of exposition to get to that point. Right. So we'll see how this plays <clears throat> out. Right. So, um, a couple of
1: things, uh, to note in that, um, also when I'm reading the rest of the article, to kind of remind me of something. So that whole quest of Mando's to, to, uh, go to the living waters beneath the mines of mandalore kind of reminded reminds me of uh purple rain <laughs> being uh being purified in the in the waters of lake minnetonka
2: mm.
1: it kind of reminded me of that when i heard it um and um well when he got the starfighter that kind of was kind of one kind of made me think and I, that i very much thought this was going to happen but he really wanted to Razor crest and I think for obvious reasons but you know he he has a starfighter now so I'm kind of wondering if at some point he's going to get like Boba's fire spray now granted I, that's a stretch because obviously Boba's going to need his own ship but like depending on how this plays out we don't know what's going to happen so I'm wondering if at some point we'll be like you know what you help me out here take my ship you can have this fire spray because clearly he's, we're probably not going to get another razor crest which is you know and apparently Razor crest is the type of ship and not the name of the ship so uh according to this <laughs> article so go figure um but outside of that yeah like I enjoyed the episode I'm looking forward to seeing what's uh coming up uh in the next couple of ish, uh episodes of this like are they yeah, going to We're, are, are we're gonna almost done. With, we're yeah.
0: almost done with the book of Boba Fett mm-hmm
1: like like I said, like i said earlier suspectfully this is pretty much like age of seven said. This back door to uh to uh season three of mandalorian and that's definitely how this is playing out so and it would make sense you know and they'll probably hook up like you know like boba fett did with the mandalorian season two in some sort of way and shape and form and you know and maybe there'll be a time jump to where hey den's back you know from what he was doing and, and helping out right. we'll see anyway Uh, We can move
0: on. I was about to to say, we could just touch briefly on this week's episode of Peacemaker. Mm -hmm, Sure. Uh, Just I believe it's also uh, episode
1: 5, correct? What's that? I believe it's also episode 5, correct? Oh, you got me on this one. Yeah, I can't um, can't even remember.
0: I think it is, but I'm not sure. You got me on this one. Now you're going to make me pull up HBO Max and find out, (laughs) because I don't remember. I want to say it's still four? That might be, yeah. It's either four
1: or five, one of those
0: two. But, uh, but in any event, while that's loading up so that we can see what episode we're actually up to, I can tell you that it's a, it is, again, very evident that it is a James Gunn production, all the way down to the writing, and obviously all the way down to the musical uh, references and influences. So mm. what... Um, What I can say is uh, we're definitely seeing more of the characters who are kind of meant to lead this show. You know, obviously Peacemaker being the the title character as well as Adebayo who is um, related to – and, you know, obviously I'm not trying to spoil too much – of this show, but, it, but who is in fact related to a longstanding DC character who, ha, who plays a central role in uh, the suicide squad stories. Right. So it is actually, you know, it is, you're right. It's actually episode five. Hmm.
1: So, yeah. So I thought that part was kind of weird. It was going on that really quick. Cause like, so yeah, so I'm going to spoil it. She's Amanda water's daughter. I didn't think they actually needed to do that because like the people they set up in suicide squad were already at the setup now, granted apparently, but it also makes sense because Amanda Waller being who she is, you know, kind of want to keep tabs on this, this other group. So she needed a way to do that. And I guess she didn't want to do it with one of the other people, but, but also make sense because those people kind of rose up against her at the end of the suicide squad. So, right. So so they, they, they,
0: they, they, uh, they rebelled against her, so that's you know, that that's what uh we've seen.
1: Right, which is kinda of funny because in episode one they kind of recap that, but the only person that really got in trouble was the person that actually that balked on the head. Mm-hmm. So I was like, huh, I wonder if they're gonna bring that up back up, but I doubt it. Um Regardless, uh this episode, um, they're going on another mission. I barely remember too much about it, but, um, so we're not in this. regard
0: Well, they're still, ruin, right, so. essentially what it is is they're still investigating this butterfly thing, and they're following a lead, and the episode oh. ends with, you know, and, you know, there, there's some, there's a, basically, as Roddy Cat referenced earlier, a side quest when it comes to, uh, or at least a side story when it comes to, um, who has been retconned as, uh, the Peacemaker's dad, Fought, you know, um, played by the uh, Liquid Terminator, and uh, you know the the episode ends with a cliffhanger. Yes. But I would say that um, my only my only kind of silly comment with regards to this is every time someone says "mern," right? Because I'm looking to see, I'm trying to figure out if this Mern character comes from the comics or if it's a creation solely for this television show.
1: I want to say it's a creation for the show, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I've right. had to look
0: for that myself. Right. So every time they say Mern, I hear Vern, like, you know, those earnest commercials. Oh, yeah. So, you know, from, you know, like, uh, we're, we're obviously dating ourselves here by, uh, by remembering these earnest, um, uh, commercials. Hey, Vern, mm-hmm. every or time I hear from, Mern, um,
1: DS9. <laughs> What's that? I said, or Morn from DS9, which I know that's like still
0: slightly. Long. Yeah, I was about to say, it doesn't sound the same. Yeah. It doesn't sound the same because every time I hear Mern, I'm like, hey, Vern. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, you know, in any event, it is definitely a James Gunn production. It is, you know, at least the, the, the comedic parts are definitely written with the very snappy pattern. Mm-hmm. This is not anything you would ever expect to see in a DC uh, movie up until gun stepped in with the suicide squad. Right. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. So yeah, like the, uh, like Agent
1: 70 said earlier, I don't think he's, I can't remember if he said it while we were streaming, but, uh, it it was a fun episode, um, for the most part, you know, then, um, I don't know. I, I'm still not convinced that this needed to be a show or anything, but like I said, it it is still fun enough to watch like, for, for reasons like i don't really care for xena or or peacemaker that point but
0: like i said it's been none of us do you know it's not like it's a character that any of you know like there's the vast majority of the characters that are being explored in this are not characters that we have any sort of loyalty or attachment to right so it's just sort of standing on its own as a james gunn work that's what it's doing for me and he's, you know, basically had free reign, and he said as much in interviews sure. uh leading up to the show, he's got he's had free reign. So it's interesting to see where he's taking some of these characters. You know, the only character I had any sort of uh a, a connection with or reference to before this was Vigilante, and this is a very different version of Adrian Chase than I ever read. Right. So that at the seen. end of the day. You no, know, I was gonna say at the end of the day, Uh, You know, when with when this series ends, we'll have you know we'll take it as a James Gunn piece, as -hmm. opposed to at least in my mind, as opposed to like a you know seeing how it plays along with the rest of the DC extended universe and whether or not it quote unquote unquote, needed to be done. You know, that's you know that's that that's for uh, that's for the pund for the rest of the pundits. Uh, I would just say that it's a you know it's definitely an an O tour driven piece.
1: Yeah, and he's definitely having fun. But he's even uh, putting in digs to his earlier his, his. I would say that's a dig to his earlier works with uh, with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because especially given that um, that conversation from last episode about the duck in human clothes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if that wasn't a um, if, if that wasn't a Howard the
0: Duck dig, I don't know what is. <laughs> Or definitely a reference. Maybe not a dig, but definitely like, you know, like a tongue in cheek reference. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, they would not have put Howard the duck in that movie. If James Gunn didn't want him there. Right. So at any rate,
1: um, that's that, like I said, watch it if you want to, you know, it is what it is. Um, I also watched the, the, the most recent episode of Naomi. That show still is what it is. I'm not sure where it's going, and I still haven't, been, uh, I still haven't read the uh the books that it's read off that is, that is um uh, made off of. Noticeably, in uh, there are no Easter egg videos for the that show, as opposed to the other shows that we've talked about. So that's interesting, but you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, for for maybe that. there aren't that many. <laughs> I mean, I from what I could see, probably not. Um, I mean, cause the only, cause the only couple of that I've seen was like, okay, yeah, that's a, shoot, that's a Thanagarian and a couple of other things. But obviously, you know, not knowing that much about our character, I would not know if there would be any other, you know, e- any other significant Easter eggs, um, uh, in the show either. So who knows, but like I said, that show is what it is. Um, it's, it's a, I guess a well produced show. Or, or as far as much as a CW show would be anyway. But it is a, definitely a CW show. So take that for what it is. Anyway, we're going to get into books. Uh, and we said we we're going to start with The Death of Doctor
0: Strange, number five. All right. Death of Doctor Strange, number five of five. So this is the last issue of this mini-series. This book is written by Jed McKay with art by Lee Garbutt. Colors by Antonio F- Fabella. I think this is a typo. Uh, Fabella? No, that's, that's,
1: I think that's right. Yeah. Is it Fabla or Fabella? Oh, wait. It's uh, Fabella.
0: Yeah, you're right. That is just like...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There we go. I think... It's all right. Just going to fix it in my sheet. All right. And letters by vc's cory pettit so this is the climax of this death of dr strange story where we find the uh the efforts of the remaining magicians of the uh, on earth that is um uh moving against the, the mothers and and this child the three mothers and this child and uh you know the 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 culprit has been revealed as uh, as the last issue laid out. And now we have the... And without spoiling too much, we have something of a fail-safe plan that Doctor Strange put into effect many moons ago when he went by the Master of Dark Magic uh, <laughs> coming into effect. And that fail-safe plan... Working some some wonders and doing some, let's say, unexpected things, and eventually, the the menace is dealt with, with some aid from the Avengers and the X Men. But ultimately, it's the magicians who do uh, the 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 lion's share because this is, in fact, a magic fight. And when we get down to it. The the players left standing on the field are uh, the magic users and especially uh, one character who's been brought back into the fold of Doctor Strange during the course of this miniseries and is being set up up to have a larger role in the Marvel Universe going forward. Mm -hmm. So that's where this miniseries ends. There is an interesting twist in this in this in this issue the twist being that something we didn't think would happen actually happens but is short-lived and that is was at least you know somewhat surprising to me Mm. even though i knew that how it ultimately ended was where uh the story was going thanks in part to you know what I knew I knew it was going thanks in part to solicitations for future comics right
1: so I'm going to say one we now have a new social supreme just go ahead and get that out of there I'm not saying who it is just not to spoil that point but yes and this um, this new social supreme kind of has a, a, a mission of their own or at least a side mission of their own that I guess they're going to be exploring during their run, but also this twist that um, uh, 87 is talk about. I go back and forth as to wonder whether that was needed or not because I feel like they could have done the same thing they ended up doing without putting that twist in there because it kind of made you go one way for a second, and I was like, oh, wait. But I feel like if they had I think kinda, that's the point. Yeah, I think but that was what, the point. But what I'm trying to say is like. One, It wasn't necessary to go through that point, like I just said, but also like to do that, and I get that if they had gone through that to to the a kind of sort of logical conclusion, people would have groaned at it like if that if they if it did had not gone the way it gone went uh and they did something that would you would think would have been expected in that situation, like yeah, that'd have been like then what was the point of this whole thing just to come back to this whole just to come back to this. You know, mm-hmm. so I get that, but at the same time, like, well, they didn't necessarily have to do that twist to do that. Like I said, so I don't know. I kind of bumped on that for a second, but it was cool. It was cool to see, but and it was like, but also cool to see how they handled that. Um, but it still seemed like kind of unnecessary. I don't know.
0: Right, and we were talking earlier about whether or not this is ill-timed or well-timed with right. the release of the uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness movie that's set to come out in May. Uh, whether or not the story wraps by May obviously is up to the, the the scheduling gods and the editors over and the creators over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, whether or not we see this particular status quo revert back to normal or continue, you know, we, we've kind of come to see that this doesn't necessarily mean that this will revert back by the time the movie opens. You know, I made a reference to, uh, what happens in, well, what's happened, what's actually hap currently happening and has been happening in the pages of amazing Spider-Man uh, in connection with, or in relation to what is currently going or what went on, on, uh, uh, movie screens with, uh, Spider-Man no way home. Mm-hmm. So, you know it doesn't necessarily mean that this particular story development will be reversed or updated by the time the movie comes out we we we've been led to believe that we've been conditioned to believe that but that may not be the case that's just something that we were talking about before the show started
1: right i suspect probably shortly after the movie it will probably revert um you know maybe not before but probably shortly after regardless of how scheduling goes probably like shortly after it's like okay now we can go back to this now that the movie's out and they can ride on that for however long they plan to do that um and maybe the movie you know the well the movie is not obviously not going to have anything to do with the comics but uh, or at least not directly but i'm sure at some point down the line it probably will
0: right uh, it's just you know it's just the reason why you know it, it kind of struck me as being you know, or at least the 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 situation with Spider-Man being kind of odd. The title is still there, so right. if you if someone walked into the comic book store and said, "I'm looking for Spider-Man comics," they can actually point it out. But they would look at it and say, "Well, why is the costume so different? And who the hell is Ben Riley?"
1: Right? Or they'd be like, "Well, here's two of it. Which one do you want?" But you know, obviously, people they'll more than likely comic shops will be like, "Well, you, clearly you want this one, not right. this other one." So. But, yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. You know, Um, even though, you know, and we'll get to what's been happening in amazing, but no big spoiler. uh, You know, Peter's still around. He's just not the one wearing the webs at this point. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and get into it. All righty. So, moving on to Amazing Spider-Man number 87. This book is written by Zeb Wells with art by Carlos Gomez. Colors are by Brian Valenza and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So, this I really issue like I thought was interesting off at, you know, like, you know, from jump, mm-hmm. from jump, because I did not expect this particular, and it's been teased in solicitations. Yeah. Right? It was, it was teased in solicitations. The cover gives it, gives it away right away, so it's kind of hard to spoil it. But if you look at the cover to Amazing Spider-Man number 87, it is um, depicting none other than Captain America, Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. and Felicia Hardy, the black cat. And they have they you know and in this issue they are laid out as being instrumental in the rehabilitation of, uh, you know the physical rehabilitation even the mental rehabilitation of Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to get him back into the webs. Yeah, and I found this part the very beginning part kind of jarring, because we you know it's funny because the Black Cat much like Catwoman, uh, definitely rides that, um, you know, uh, rides that fine line mm-hmm. between being kind of heroic and, and and just being a thief, not necessarily being a villain. Sure. She's about so, her own thing. Yeah. I'm sorry? I
1: said she's about her own thing.
0: Right. But ultimately, you know, seeing this particular uh, kind of casual setting and it's, and, and, and you know, the, uh, the the crowd scene or the crowd in this particular uh, pub are basically avatars for the reader. Like, that's us. We're watching this. Like, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. But boy, she can she put away some wings. Um, <laughs>
1: apparently. So yeah. So we start off with with uh, Steve Rogers and Felicia in a, in a pub, like like Agent Seventy said, and they're talking basically they're talking about Peter, uh, and, they, and they, before getting into. Um, them rehabilitating him. And then basically the the issue is just a whole big training session or, or a series of training sessions. Uh, or at least half of it is anyway. We do get a little bit with Ben uh, mm-hmm. with uh with them and uh Peter. Um and I guess uh we can go ahead and point it out that we get um a s a couple of different versions of a familiar spidey suit in the in the midst of this. From a particular, uh, from a t- particular version, aka the bombastic bo- uh, bag man, mm. um, because apparently they don't—they're not going to let him have the suit. And as you can see on the cover, they even said like, "Yeah, you got to earn it." So, and that's kind of what they're going to do is like, "Yeah." So they're sitting here trying to get him back into shape, you know. And we see some internal monologue from a couple different people, and this and, that and other on that side of it. So I enjoyed this issue for for that stuff, the Ben Riley stuff, uh, where we find out. I guess we find out the extent of his, or part of his memories when they after they suppressed them last uh, at the end of the um, last issue. We we find out bits about that.
0: Right. I think that's a development. Uh, I think that is a, a a story development for the Ben Riley character, uh, moving beyond no pun intended this <laughs> beyond storyline. Very good. Correct. You know, that is a seed I think that has been planted with regards to where this character is going to go. Right. Did you,
1: did so, you read that uh, Ben Roger book from last week? No, I didn't. You still didn't? Okay. Yeah. I I'm didn't. I'm still slightly curious about whether they're going to even touch on that and that, or they're just going to a whole other thing. But at this point, I may, may or may not check it out. But, right. at, yeah, but at the end of this, we see, um, we basically see um, the. A little bit after the next book we're talking about, in that um Mary Jane comes home uh and is met by uh Ben's girlfriend Janine and who basically says like we gotta talk and I think she has the uh, she has the uh the disc uh that she got from the Yeah, the ben. hard drive, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh but um Mary Jane's dressed in a particular way, which we will get into in a second. Unless you got something else you guys to say about.
0: Yeah, that. just a couple of yeah, just a couple of notes on this issue, especially with regards to uh, Black Cat and Captain America playing this role or uh, these particular roles for Peter Parker. So it's funny because there is an issue of Black Cat mm-hmm. during. The Null, the King and Black crossover, where they kind of have Black Cat and Captain America interact. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of the basis of this kind of growing, you know, relationship. You know, it's not a romantic relationship. It's just sort of like a, a interaction, a level of interaction that we've never previously seen between these two characters. Right. So this is, you know, something that I, I don't know if that was a McKay written issue or not this might be something that mckay has um kind of brought into um uh uh, the marvel universe sure but in any event you know you know bringing cap in is one thing but then i'm then i'm remembering that shang chi is not um is not uh necessarily uh welcome in the halls of uh of uh actually, you know there is no Avengers mansion at this point, but right. um you know avenger's mountain right you know given the given the events of the given the current events of his uh uh series uh it does make some sense that Captain America would be the person that uh that is putting spider man through at least the 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 combat mm-hmm. um paces that we see in this book, but part of me was thinking, well, it's a shame that, uh, Peter is not, uh, pulling out the spider foo. So, I think that's what it was called.
1: Right. So I'm thinking they probably still could have done that, but it also makes sense. Cause it's not like the first, it's not definitely not the first time cap has trained some folks, mm-hmm. you know, so that, and he has definitely been around and probably more closer, um, especially, in, well, not that this has anything to do with Devil's reign, but we know he's around in devil's reign. So we know he was right. in the area. Um, despite what's going on in, in Avengers. Uh, but, yeah, I thought about it. So now they, Shang-Chi could have still done it, because it's not like Spidey wasn't... Spidey. I feel like Spidey was still kind of on the... You know, still kind of want to see the good in, in Shang-Chi. So some kind of way that could have... Either Peter could have gone on that, or maybe, I don't know, Black Cat could have gone to him for some way. But, like I said, it does definitely make way more sense that, at this point, the way this is done, Cap is the one it. Exactly. Doing
0: that Cap is the one doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. So as Roddy Cat mentioned, we do get a tease in an epilogue at the end of this issue of, uh, a, of an adventure that Mary Jane has been on. And that is actually, uh, laid out in the pages of this week's Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond Number 1. Mm-hmm. This book is written, uh, by Jed McKay with art by C.F. Via. uh, colors by eric arseniega and letters by vc's travis lanham take it away righty cat so i'm gonna say this is a potential click this and actually
1: surprisingly enough amazing uh, both are potential clicks of the week for me um this week uh for for slightly different reasons but this is apparently a banner black hat week in the fact that she's been in both of these books so yeah um the crux of this is that, um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go straight to my notes because uh, not they, they don't spoil anything. Basically, Mary Jane and Felicia team up and wrap up a loose end from that last Hawkeye miniseries. series
0: Right. I was—I I thought of you because I think you were reading that Free I Fall. Mm-hmm. I actually picked up those those back issues from a a, 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 a yard sale.
1: Mm-hmm. And I believe over that was Jet
0: McKay. Yeah, and I believe Jet McKay wrote that. Right, so I've actually picked up those back issues, but I remember you were reading it while those were coming out. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, uh, they chose to follow up on that. Or they gave McKay some time to follow up on that.
1: Right. It. Yeah. It. And like I said, my it, notes. It's definitely a loose end that got there Cause I. And part of it I don't even remember. Like I remember the crux of it, and I remember the hood. Well, spoiler: alert, the hoods involved with this um, mm-hmm. being being a part of that miniseries and coming back into this, who's, you know, basically asking, um, asking, uh, Felicia to do to do him a solid, not even doing them solid, but basically kind of trying to hold them hostage, uh, hold someone the she and Mary Jane holds dear hostage. You already know who that is. Um, while, while they do something for him. So, but Felicia pulling in Mary Jane to do this was, was an interesting or Mary Jane getting pulled in this because actually she didn't, she basically was trying to, Help out. I'm trying to get uh Mary Jane away from the situation, but Mary Jane ends up being quote unquote part of the crew, uh, an effective part of the crew at that. So um, I w- I would dare say that the the what they get into uh what they they get into was pretty good, and I would actually wouldn't mind seeing a series with them two together because even at the <laughs> end of this, because even at the end of this, like they had a little bonding session uh, at the end of this because you know, and you. Especially the conversation they had at the end, like Felicia's kind of feeling some way about her place in in, in Peter's life, and Mary Jane kind of relating to that because of how she came into his life. Uh, yeah,
0: I thought that that was a nice twist, and, yeah. and, and and I'll be honest, when I said earlier, I said before the show that I had a click of the week already planned out. This is it, mm-hmm. uh, because I just appreciated the 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 extra touches that Jed McKay put on this and Cevia's art you know we we we've gotten accustomed to seeing his art on black cat and it is definitely you know it definitely accentuates black cat and in this issue also accentuates no Mary Jane watson
1: or maybe it's intended um, I'm sorry I said I was
0: about to say no pun intended or maybe it was <laughs> oh definitely 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 intended but ultimately you know I definitely appreciated the the the, the latter half of this book with you know just the the, the quiet The quiet time that they had a chance to have at the end of the issue, Mm -hmm. which, you know, kind of brought the characters together because they do share things in common and, you know, more than we even thought. Right. You know, especially especially the way it was laid out, because when I read it, I was like, oh, you know what? I can't believe this is exactly how this plays out, Mm -hmm. you know, has played out in the history of Spider-Man. Right. So I definitely appreciated that. Um, and it's interesting that they brought these two particular characters together, uh, you, you know, know, who have been uh,
1: with each, with each other at, at
0: times, time. Right. For for I was going to say, for, who, who for... obviously have not always had, uh, uh, good feelings toward each other. Right. So, you know, in the past, but at this point they've reached some sort of detente and understanding. Mm
1: hmm. Also, it was kind of funny. There was a particular part in this uh, where uh, they go back to a certain place, and and somebody was like, "Oh, this dream again." <laughs> Y'all, oh, that was just like, great. I love that part. I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense." That he would he would have had that dream. <laughs> that was great. I was like, "Yep, that makes that that all checks out." Oh, by the way, I was wrong about uh, who wrote Hawkeye Free Fall. It was Matthew Rosenberg, hmm. not Jed McKay. Gotcha. But we we like this stuff, and it, and it kind of makes sense. They their sensibilities kind of you know they, it makes a lot of sense. But regardless, I was still a loose hand from that. So, um, but yeah, this is this is again a, a potential click of the week. I, I may actually go ahead and make it. it it's probably going to end up being mine also. <laughs> it, was like just, so it was good, just it was just a
0: so it was just an interesting read. Like I actually did not pull this book, despite the fact that the 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 the, um, the J. Scott Campbell cover is pretty killer. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) if you're watching the video version you can see that yes I still have not grown up but uh, (laughs) you know ultimately you know there's just a lot of fun bits in this issue that are just you know that that you that we can't we can't we cannot ignore cannot ignore how fun some of these uh, bits are and it is definitely a worthwhile pickup for anyone this week and um you know, I, I could definitely understand part of the conversation that uh, Mary Jane and Felicia have at the end of the issue, mm-hmm. uh, basically talking about how does Peter Parker get these stupendously hot chicks always in his life, other than the fact <laughs> yes. that that's what the writers are doing? You know? Yes. I was
1: like, yeah, pretty, yeah. That they're they're they the, the explanation that was actually yeah that makes like, absolute sense. because like, I am pretty sure people have absolutely wondered that you know.
2: Hmm.
1: I mean, there have probably been whole discussions about that, but then again, there's also some wish fulfillment, you know, behind some of that also. Because, of course. So, at any rate, um, yes, there's great stuff. You should definitely check it out. Now, normally we would normally we would have been like, "Hey, this is a the." I I still stand behind the fact that this is a loose tie in to the whole Beyond stuff, but it doesn't matter. This is one of the ones that's like, it doesn't matter. Because it was just a good read. Like mm-hmm. some of these tie-ins were like are barely needed, if not anything else. But uh, this one probably would go along that same lines, but still great. Uh, that being said, though, we can move on to maybe what one more book before we, because uh, I know we read a, sure. a bit. bit. Um, Iron Man, I guess. Uh, that's okay. All right. Uh, i right. no, 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 number no, no, no. six. you know what? No, 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 no. Just do Marauders.
0: All right. Marauders annual number one. This book is written by Steve Orlando with art by Creesley. Uh, colors are by rain Barreto and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So I'll, I'll start this and Roddy Cat will pick sure. it up. So we get a little bit of, uh, changing of the guard as it were, in this issue because we've come to the point in Marauders where it's kind of ending one volume of the book and starting up a second volume. This is basically the coda for the first volume of Marauders. And, um, you know, without going too deep into all the details, Kitty or Kate Pride is looking for a new crew for a new Marauder. And a lot of this issue is, uh, laying out who they approach or who she and Bishop approach about joining this new crew of marauders and, you know, what their, their initial quest is going to be about. Yep. Pretty much. Um,
1: I don't do the, the villain that if you're watching the, the video version, you can see on the cover. Is this a, already established or is this a new I assume this is a new I mean this is going to be an established person but I don't recall ever seeing this this character.
0: That's a that's a good question. I I have not had a chance to look that up. So, you know, a quick a quick Google search of the of the villain's name. We'll see if there are any previous appearances. It can be safe to say that he gave love a bad name. Oh no
1: uh. <laughs> uh, You're welcome.
0: You know. <laughs> Brimstone love. That's mm-hmm. the character's name. Goodness gracious. And
1: and now the other people are like, what I don't get it. And now <laughs> and now the one or two people who are like, what? Now get it.
0: If you're in certain uh, vintage,
1: you, you, you'll probably get it, because if, if not, you probably still won't get it, so... Oh,
0: this is a pre-existing character.
1: Okay. They, they made it sound like it was, but like I said, I'd, I'd never heard of him before, so...
0: This is from Marvel 2099. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. That's weird. But then again, I guess there's a... That makes sense. Bishop's a time traveler, and we got Tempo, who's who can manipulate time in a way. Even though neither one of those had any factor, any any kind of factor in the story to that extent. But
0: that is weird. wild, huh? Okay. So this is
1: a pre-existing character, <laughs> right? Oh <my> God. <laughs> like I said, they they kind of made it like oh, like it was, but I was like, like I never heard of him, so I was like, okay. Because then, granted, X men you know, the X folks got a lot of got a lot of influence, so. It, could have
0: been something yeah marvel 20 yeah yeah, brimstone love is uh is you know i i was not a 29 2099 person when that came out Mm -hmm. but apparently uh brimstone love is uh one of the lead villains in x-men 2099 when that came out holy cow
1: so how the hell
0: did they get here
1: unless it's an earlier incarnation i guess or something i don't know
0: he actually first appeared in X-Men 2099 number three. Holy cow. Interesting.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, but, but as we said, uh, this is all to, to basically get the band back together or do you get a new band back together, uh, uh, and actually get the new mission. Cause at the end of this, we, we definitely get the, the first mystery or at least, A one of the first mysteries that um Kate and crew are going to be handling when the new volume of Marauders uh starts in March, I think. Something, yeah, but basically it's it's soon, so because we knew knew Marauders was coming back with a new volume. Mm -hmm. Um, so there you go. There, ding, 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 ding. We just found out about a character we needed one of us knew about. Uh, that
0: yeah, character. which, <laughs> like, literally to the Googles, and yeah. and and off we went. And all of a sudden, it pops up that this character has been around for a long time. Hmm, that's pretty
1: wild. Yeah, I might have to read up on that then, because uh, you know, I'm like, I was like, you could have gone either way. If you you told me this was a brand new character, I would have believed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um, at any rate, um, I guess, uh, we can go into, unless there's a book you're feeling really particular about, we can, um,
0: we can go into rapid fire. I was just looking at one of the, uh, I was looking at the variant covers for, uh, Mary Jane and black cat and beyond Uh huh. there's a there's a funny Adam Hughes one. Oh, okay. Okay. So- You know, and it kind of plays out exactly. You know, like with the joke that you that that Mm. that that seems obvious. All right, so I will spin up the old minigun.
1: I ain't got time to bleed.
0: All right, first up, and 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 Roddy Cat will chime in when it's a book that he also has read. Mm -hmm. Avengers Forever, number two. Written by Jason Aaron, with pencils by Aaron Cooter and Carlos Magno, inks by Scott Hanna, Roberto Poggi, and Cam Smith, and colors by Guru EFX. This issue follows up on the on the very first issue of this uh, of this series with Robbie Reyes in uh in the in you know like uh, uh basically imprisoned by. Uh, uh, a character from the uh, the the multiverse, uh, the Masters of Evil of the multiverse. I think they were. Forgive me uh, if I'm if I'm misremembering that. I believe now. it's the Masters of the
1: multiverse. I believe that's what it's called. But regardless,
0: right? Well, I mean, but that's essentially what it is, though. Right. Is that it's a Masters of Evil, but from across the multiverse. Right. This particular villain is a combination of the Red Skull and Venom. And that combination proves to be uh, uh, strong enough to hold down this version of the Ghost Rider, uh, in order to allow the Black Skull, as the character is named here, to uh, perform some uh, unfortunate uh, experimentation on the Ghost Rider. In addition, we are t- we get a tease of an uh, of a greater role of, uh, that, uh, that Robbie Reyes may be playing in the Marvel universe, as well as playing on the fact that the Ghost Rider, this particular version of the Ghost Rider up until now is very different from the iterations of Ghost Rider that we've seen previously. And that it plays it up. This story plays up that particular difference and possibly gives, gives us a retconned or expanded, uh, uh, uh explanation for uh this for Robbie Reyes' origin as a ghostwriter. Anything to add? No, nope, that's pretty much that. Alrighty, next up is Black Panther number three. This is written by John Ridley with art by Juan Cabal and Ibrahim Mustafa. Colors are by Matt Miller and letters are by VCs Joe Sabino. This is actually the credits for the first story, the main story in this issue. This is a, a, a slightly larger than normal book because it is, in mm-hmm. fact, the 200th issue of a Black Panther comic Ever so, they celebrated not with renumbering, but with just an extra-sized issue. And you know, we we are we obviously get the legacy numbering of uh, 200, but it remains Black Panther number three. Uh, In this issue, we continue um, uh, with more finding out just you know tiny, tiny bits more about this sleeper cell program that T'Challa had put into effect, but. T'Challa and one of his sleepers is forced to flee and go to, you know, go go underground, as it were, uh, and and regroup during this issue. And where do they go to? Uh, technically, go underground. They literally go way, way above ground and make their way to Araco, where hopefully, where Black Panther thinks he's going to be able to find some respite and and uh and and be able to shield himself from whomever it is is basically trying to bait him into doing what they want uh back on earth. Uh there is a second story, a smaller story that may or may not have some ramifications in the main story of the Black Panther, but the third story is of note because it seems very much so because it is written by John Ridley that We will see a character introduced in this third story playing a further role in the uh, politics of Wakanda now that Wakanda has converted to uh, 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 a democratic form of government, much more uh, British than American because there is still in name at least royalty and a monarch as the head or at least a figurative head of the uh of the government. Right.
1: Not and not only does this character um come in uh for that reason but also some would argue well probably was going to have an in the uh, defense of Wakanda uh from within possibly also without because you know they're they seem to be setting this character up as a as another hero figure. Um you know that that's probably going to. I'm not going. I don't know if I would say street street level for Wakanda, but probably. You know, we'll see how that
0: how that works out. Because uh, we also get. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, No. Got We also get an interesting revelation about a certain X character. Yes. Uh, in this issue, in the main. In so the main not. Story, yes. It's a minor spoiler when we're talking about the X Men and the Black Panthers involved, but we do get a revelation about that character. Right. And going back to
1: what Agent Seventy said about uh going to I found out the 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 fact that he ends up going to Araco um uh, as I said, my nose like we know why he went to Araco. You wanted to see his boo. Um to get some respite. And he ends and he ends up which I thought that last page was kind of was was kind of I guess touching for for bit like of a better word. it was like, okay, that I wasn't I did not I guess I should have expected part of that, but didn't know it because uh, what happened early in the issue was like seemed opposite of what you know uh, what would have happened because I thought the character did actually have some animosity towards Wakandans um, uh, as opposed to what we found out at the end of it but also Link said yeah he went to see Storm we all know this <laughs> so and of course he did see her and they talked for a little while and, and he did get a little bit of a little something out of it um, and I guess this is I can't remember if this is like hey this is uh them basically saying like yeah they're back together again because this they they flat out say was like yeah when we got back together there wouldn't be any any more secrets and anything and i don't remember and i've been reading the books like they've been seen together and they've been definitely together but i don't think it has been outright said as like they are now back together uh so t'challa and uh aurora are back together as a
0: couple not married just as a couple. So. right i think that i mean that i think that that was uh a development in previous black so. panther issues right
1: like prior to john ridley coming on right that's what i'm saying but but it yeah. wasn't necessarily it might have been actually because yeah because i remember that the, during that last especially that last part of um of um of a ton coach run they they were definitely together and they talked a little bit but like i said it wasn't spelled out i guess to to the point. Regardless, it is what it is. That like that was a development that I I appreciated. But seeing it here also, if it wasn't right. clear, that yeah, it, it
0: was more. It was definitely. It was definitely, you know, uh, laid out bare, right? As opposed to maybe it being kind of, uh, you know, as as uh, many relationships are when they're first starting out, a little bit, uh, a little bit vague. But I I, I, I could have sworn started. I remember seeing that in uh, Coates' run towards the end. Yeah,
2: probably, but in
0: yeah. any event. Uh, Moving on to the next book, Devil's Reign number 3 of 6. So we are halfway through this Devil's Reign limited series. It is written by Chip Zdarsky, with art by Marco Caqueto, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So um, I want to say it's probably V.C.'s Clayton Cowles, because it is a Marvel book after all. Bottom line with this miniseries, I'm trying not to spoil it too badly because Roddy Cat will pr- likely jump into this miniseries just to see what's been going on. He was not much of a Daredevil reader, but and 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 this was obviously meant to follow up on events from the pages of Daredevil. But now that we're starting to see some of this stuff trickle into the rest of the Marvel universe, at least the New York corner of the Marvel universe. Um, I think Roddy Cat is going to, you know, flip through at least the main miniseries. Ultimately in this issue, we have a lot of, we have a lot of the gears of the series moving forward. Uh, We have um, Luke Cage playing a role. We have, The return of the progeny of a certain uh, villain, who played a role in uh, why uh, the kingpin is kind of uh, you know kind of lost uh, all sense of perspective and decided to go on this particular uh, uh, on this particular rampage, we find ourselves flashing back to the superhuman uh, registration act. You know there are some references in this so you know we're we're sort of getting a little bit of a flashback to uh the the civil war days but when you think about it civil war in the comics was so long ago now mm-hmm. you know there's an entire generation of readers who came up after civil war was published so it you know doing this whole superhuman registration act style thing again even though we've already seen civil war ii we've already seen um um and even reference in this issue uh kamala's act mm-hmm. and you funny know love, being a fun, being a thing recently
1: right and funny enough not the the not the first time this week that that comes up the superhero <laughs> registration night but i get to that in a minute
0: mm-hmm. or two. so you know we you know it, there's you know we're definitely seeing the 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 chips move into place, but I think the the action's going to start picking up even more in the next issue because that will put us in the back half of this miniseries. I, I see what you did there with the chip. I see.
1: I see what you did there. We're <laughs> good.
0: Next up is <laughs> Iron Man number sixteen, which we held off on talking about. Uh, it's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Julius Ota colors by frank d'armada and letters by our favorite paisan VCs joe caramania so if you thought that giving tony stark the power cosmic was a good idea this issue is all about why that's probably not a good idea Mm -hmm. bottom line bottom line is Nobody is really that happy that this has happened to Tony Stark. And Tony Stark, of course, At least if nobody you're familiar knows with how, it. say again?
1: At least nobody that knows about it.
0: Right. If you're familiar with the way Tony Stark has been portrayed through much of his fictional career, you can sort of guess where this was going the way it was implemented and what he actually does with this power was a little bit of a twist. Mm-hmm. It, I did not expect this twist, but it was an interesting twist to boot. I kind of appreciated its effect on one Reed Richards. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and ultimately where, 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 uh, one of the heroes goes for help is to, uh, a person outside of this particular sphere of 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 effect, this effect radius. And was it though? I thought he of... did the whole world, though. I thought the Mm-mm. effect was of the whole world. Nope, 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 nope. He starts with New York because he uses that as a sample. If you go mm-hmm. back to the issue, it actually says, "I'm just going to do it in the New York area." Oh, uh, okay. I'm a, a, which is why I'm it affects that. one character specifically, right? Right. Making that character dumber, but doesn't reach this character who is sought out for aid. Actually, if you think about it, a couple. Because cause I thought about this after I read this. I was
1: like, boy, Moon Girl's probably going to be mad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though she doesn't come up in this book. But, you know, obviously there were a couple of people that were... Yeah, there's uh, a couple of people
0: on that list. Exactly.
1: There a know? couple of people on the list that are smarter than, than than Tony Stark who are now, thanks to this, have been reduced.
0: Exactly. So um it's an interesting it's an interesting twist to what we thought was going to be kind of the fallout from Tony Stark gaining the power cosmic. But also
1: a very Tony Stark solution with especially with his incessant need to fix things. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I did expect there would be more of a physical solution or a or like kind of what's been uh what uh was uh mentioned in in the MCU. Um a suit of armor around the world? Exactly. That's so I, what I expected thought he was was more, Yeah, I expected more of that kind of situation to happen, but it didn't. So, yeah, the the way, like you said, the way he did it, it was like, yeah, that was an interesting way to go about it. But also a very Tony Stark thing to do in mm-hmm. a way.
0: hmm And, you know, it, it was just, <laughs> it was just, it was so interesting. And I didn't even think of uh, a Lunella because that particular uh, development is still relatively new. Mm-hmm. But the, but the obvious one, the obvious yes. one was presented to us, and we're just like, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> so next up is Thor number 21. It's written by Donny Cates with art by Nick Klein, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So we uh, have a continuation of the story with um, uh, what's been happening to Mjolnir and why it's been disobedient uh and 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 not following thor and we have um you know kind of an interesting twist on what it, what what Mjolnir actually was all along and we're getting some retcons from uh donny cates uh, in this regard and we also hearken back to some of the things that happened during jane foster's time as thor and how that plays into what we see in this issue. So it is Donnie Cates weaving what we last saw in Jason Aaron's run into this, you know, into the current uh, status quo of Thor. So um, it's interesting. I'm not exactly enthralled by it, but it's still an interesting take on what, you know, on, on, on some of these, some of the ramifications of what we've seen in the past and some of these concepts that are now being introduced to the 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 world of Thor, including the the that including that that uh, Mjolnir is uh, an ore that is partially moon rock, which is something we found out in in the pages of Moon Knight. So that actually is you know it's just a passing reference in this book, but it's still acknowledged. Wait, I thought that was in Avengers. No, I'm, I, I apologize. It wasn't Avengers, but it was the Moon Knight story. Right? Yeah, the Age of Kanchu thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Next up is Ten Deaths of Wolverine number one. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Federico Vicentini uh, Colors are by Dio Lima and Frank Martin and letters are by VCs Corey Pettit So I'm not going to spoil this because it was uh, the, the, the issue explores a surprising direction and that direction is the immediate aftermath of Inferno, the recent miniseries that just wrapped up that centered around Moira McTaggart, Mystique, and Destiny. So um it literally picks up almost where we left off in Inferno with the with the at least two of those characters. And I did not expect that at all because the character that's in the title of this book hardly makes an appearance, much like Boba Fett in this week's book of Boba Fett. So actually in this issue, Wolverine actually does make more of an appearance than Boba Fett in this week's uh, episode of book of Boba Fett. But as I said, I'm not looking to spoil it because I think Roddy cat may at least flip through this, but ultimately that is where we find ourselves in this issue. Uh, they do acknowledge some of the time traveling um, adventures that Wolverine is on, which he seems to be going on partially mentally, partially, you know, physically. So, you know, at least through the magic of of uh, of Krakoan science and 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 and, tele- and telepathy. So, you know, uh, Rodicat may end up having to take a look at uh, the ten lives of Wolverine as well. Last but not least is X-Men number seven. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Pepe Larraz colors by Marte Gracia and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So the, uh, the, the, the catalyst for several things that have happened over the last several issues of X-Men with regards to Cyclops is finally revealed in this issue as a flashback. So, any confusion that may have uh, emerged during the last several issues of reading X Men, when, when it comes to trying to figure out what you know Jerry Duggan is talking about, what the story is talking about with regards to Cyclops, is at least partially cleared up in this issue. But the mystery still remains as to um, what uh, you know what the uh, the ultimate what the ultimate uh, conclusion. Will be for this story because it does involve Orcus. It also involves um, uh, some idea of what uh, the Krakowans are doing in New York. So ultimately, I, uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to this. Uh, well, uh, just the fact
1: that yeah, I thought you. I'm glad you said what you said because yeah, I going into this issue, I honestly thought I hadn't missed something. Even mm-hmm. though I had been, I think th- I did too. Yeah, because I was like, "Wait, so this character shows up last issue, and I don't remember when the stuff they're talking about happened." But then they kind of clicked. I was like, "All right, this was a flashback." Hmm. So
0: that's right. About it. And like, all and a lot of it is happening under the orchestration. You know, due to the orchestration by this character who is at least a por- a part of orcas and orcas has very many branches to it. So, right. um. You know we learned from previous data pages uh as as uh the the hickman the hickman x uh, uh universe has has become prone to providing that orcas has drawn uh help from all sorts of governmental organizations and non governmental organizations from across the hero and villain and neutral spectrum so you know. You want you know former former shield it's there hydra it's there aim it's there you know alpha flight it's there mm-hmm. um so it's it's you know they're all they're all running you know part- you know they're all part of orcus at this point and um you know it's interesting to see where uh this character that is kind of running uh orchestrating this behind the scenes what, what their ultimate goal is i mean other than the destruction of the mutants right
1: also i guess now that that makes me think of something going back to uh marauders annual the villain that shows up there was said to be backed by some some folks um but we don't necessarily get a sense of who except for a a data page but even then doesn't necessarily say who could potentially also be orchids orcas or could be crowdfunding we don't know but i mean um but but that is a thing that's kind of um, come up there as well as here. Um, and that's it for me. Yeah, uh, the only other thing I have to add to that the X Men thing is like, yeah, we do get a little sad thing with uh, uh, apparently we um, uh, find out something about syncs power, I guess. Which I'm pretty, they, they made a point to bring that up, so I, I feel like that's probably going to be something else that they're, they're going to explore during whatever's going on now. Partly due to resurrection, and I guess maybe you know, maybe they're gonna make that into something because I know they brought up sync before because of um, something early on in this volume, so I'm pretty Hmm. sure they didn't bring it up for no reason. Um, But I guess we'll see uh, why, how, or whatever. So, uh, let's see, let's get to my books, which I only have a couple left Uh, Captain America Iron Man number three. Uh so just like I said uh, just a second ago. Um oh actually come back to that. Uh Creative Team is writer Derek Landy, art by Angel or Angel Undueta, uh color artist Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. But like I was just saying, uh when Eighty Seventy was talking about um Um Devil's Reign. Uh, Not the first time this week that uh, Superhero Registration Act comes up. Because as we come to find out, and I don't know if you plan on reading this, by the way, Agent 70.
0: Yay? No? Not sure. I think Uh, I read the first issue, but I didn't read the second one. So I may I may not. We'll see. Gotcha. So basically, I mean, you know, you can talk freely about it.
1: Well, I was, well, the only thing I was really going to say is that it happens to come up uh, for a reason as, well, as one of the, as, well, let's put it this way. One of the uh, reasons why a character is doing what the character is doing. But um, in the words of uh, Firefly, curse, you're a sudden but inevitable betrayer because the person or the, or the entity that they were working with betrays them. And, uh, now this, this person finds themselves in a position that they thought they had control over, but they didn't, but they don't. <laughs> so, um, and on the other side of that, we get this, this team of, uh, would be heroes, you know, kind of feeling sorry for themselves because of, uh, you know, <laughs> because of their showing in the last couple of issues, uh, so whether something's going to happen to them in the next couple of issues, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. Who knows? Uh, let's see. <eatereni deficient> Static, season one, number five, is my next book. As I pull up, thing. there we go. Um, creative team is writer Vita Ayala, art by Nicholas Draper of Ivy, and letters by And World Design. Um, so Static and his friends end up, uh, infiltrating this, uh, uh, center that's basically kidnapping bang babies and experimenting on them or, and, or test, you know, basically experimenting on them to, to test on them and all that kind of good mess. But Static and crew goes into breaking them off. But first we get treated to a rematch to with, um, hotshot from the last couple of issues. Uh, you know, a long-time rival static rival uh, uh, as, as some might know um uh before kind of uh that that's getting uh called off and like i said they end up uh freeing these other kids that have been taken and at the end of this um you know uh into this uh get to a point which i will not spoil uh that may not necessarily have anything to do with the cover if you're watching the video of a cover uh because obviously that cover looks like he's in a cosmic cube but not no um aquaman green arrow deep target number th- four excuse me thought i misnumbered that um so this is a weird one uh it's written by brandon thomas Art by Ronin Cliche, I guess that's pronounced. I apologize if I messed your name up. Colors by Ulysses Ariola, uh, and letters by Josh Reed. So basically, uh, Aquaman and Green Arrow had a Freaky Friday thing going on, uh, thanks to the the villain. Um, as of last episode, uh, as last issue, they tried to escape this facility, but they kind of can't because it's on in space. But they end up. Um, uh, doing that, but only to find themselves on the planet of the Apes. Not literally, but um, pretty much similarly, because they get back to Earth and come to find out that is, uh, where they end up is uh, not the same way it was when they left it. And not only that, but when they get to Earth, they find out uh, that a character that they've been going up against um. Somehow, some way, had a had a change that was uh, not like um, like they've been going through in the last couple of issues. And in the midst of that, they've also been dealing with um, uh, you know uh, internal stuff within themselves because obviously they well because because of their Freaky Friday situation, they have switched bodies and memories, uh, or and their memories have been blended, and they're kind of forgetting or seemingly forgetting parts of their old life and their other in their original bodies and uh so they're kind of coming to terms or they're basically still set to try to reverse that but you know things are still kind of going on uh and one of them's kind of feeling a little bit more effects of it than in than the other as one might expect in that in that team up um because they don't have the the uh the thing that they used to the the strengths that they used to have so like i said this is this is a weird one uh but still good Let's see. Uh, Wonder Girl. Oh, I forgot a book. Uh, Wonder Girl, number seven. Uh, I believe this is the last issue of this book.
0: Um, As I pull up the... Uh, it is. Yeah. It is, even though they did solicit number eight.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, because um, I'll just go ahead and say that at the end of this book, it's uh, going to be continued in the... Um, Amazon event, Trial of the Amazons, which I I probably have men- uh, briefly mentioned in relation to Nubian uh, Nubia and the Amazons, and I'm pretty sure Wonder was involved with that, obviously, but I haven't been reading Wonder Woman, so I don't know what's going on in that book. Um, uh, the creative team is writer Joel Jones, art by uh, Lila Del Duca, uh, colors by Jodie Belair, and letters by Pat Brousseau. So... Um, there are Amazon, a faction of amazonians amazonians the brazilian ones to be specific um are fighting their way into my olympus while yara's trying to fight her way out um there is a weird Xena warrior princess not even weird there's a i feel like there's a reference to Xena warrior princess happening in in a couple of uh panels one specific reference uh to be exact but there is that so um the the battle ends up, um, joined, the two battles end up joining each other at some point. And, uh, Yara ends up, um, being reunited with her lost tribe. Uh, and like I said, they are, along with Cassie Sandsmark and, um, Donna Troy, who also happen to be here, uh, fighting. But, uh, the whole thing gets, uh, dealt with, so with slight help, thanks to Cassie Sandsmark. Um... And like I said, what uh whatever happens in the in the uh, in the midst of the, the, the fights. And again, like I said, it, uh ends up going into whatever this uh Amazon uh trial of the Amazons event is going to be when it comes up. So uh let's see. Robin number ten is actually my last book. Uh have you read because I know you you had been reading this. I don't know if you read this one. I skimmed
0: this issue, but you yeah. can speak freely. Okay.
1: Uh essentially, as I uh where did I put the dog on thin man? There we go. Bing! Uh let's see. Joshua Williamson's writing this pencils by Roger Cruz, uh inks by Noam Rapmund. That's a type up there. Uh colors by Luis Guer- Guerrero. and letters by A.L.W.'s Troy Pateria. So, um, at the end of last issue, which uh, I think we have decided that this was a, a filler issue, but there is some information to be gleaned out of this. And that is, um, a little bit more information that we knew about, or if anybody knew about, I assume, uh, to the grand, great-grandparent of Damon Wayne, a.k.a. the, 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 the um, race or Roz El Ghul, depending on how you say it, mother, um, um... We, we find out how she became the way she is and how she ended up being on the island as, as, that she's on right now. And pretty much the purpose of why, what she was doing while she was on the island. But at the um, at the end of this I- issue, let's just say a war gets re- restoked uh, thanks to the interest of uh, Raz uh, al Ghul. Um, to what extent we'll see going forward. Yeah, like I said, there there was a purpose here, but it was like it was it was kind of distracting from well not distracting but it was kind of taken away from where the the story had been going. But I guess it was in service to, as to kind of establishing this and then get back to it. So there is that. There is that, and that is it for oh mm, well I I skimmed through Teen Titans Academy number eleven, um, and I feel like that's kind of catching up to Future State. Uh, where we where we know what happens in this future state, but also kind of goes slightly past it it seems like but I'm vaguely remember what happening in what happened in that future state uh issue to to recall it uh completely and that might be the end of that uh, um, uh thing but i 'm not sure I think there might be more to it but I'm sure i 'm sure I forgot to look at the last uh, to see if there was any more on that last page, but it is what it is and that is it for me so clicks. Of the week, clicks of the week. I think they also they also gloss over who Red X is, but we kind of find out who that is in that Future State Teen Titans Academy book. And but they do kind of re go over that and what or another version of what happens uh, at the end of that. I think so. Mm -hmm. Anyway uh clicks of the week i think we pretty much got our. well first we'll get two dirts uh then we'll do ours because i feel like we got up we have ours totally in hand <laughs> <laughs> i think that's that's as a parent um mm-hmm. so dirt and i don't think i pulled this one because i wasn't expecting any any side pulls like this but regardless uh duel number one from i'm going to pull this up real quick uh he sent us a link um, from Bliss on Tap Publishing. Uh, let's see. Uh, he said the print comes out. Uh, the print is out this week, and the, I guess it goes on digital next week. But he said, well, according to this thing, it says, uh, are you ready to duel? And that kind of puts me in mind of a Yu-Gi-Oh! But that's just me. Uh, and <laughs> that's true. In, in the first issue, we meet an FBI agent tasked with investigating the mysterious uh, deep website dual dot global, which pits its growing number of subscribers against each other in real life in a race to stop a high schooler who has challenged the site's highest ranking dueler in a match to the death so kind of sounds like a video game kind of sounds like some anime we've <laughs> that, that that I'm sure we've run across at one point in time so but yeah, that's dirt's uh particular click of the week. Um, and ours. Matter of fact, hang on, real quick. I will just like, pip. if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover for it right there. The other way. I'm gonna get my my thing straight. So, but for ours, or I'm, I'm not gonna speak for myself, but I think it's fairly safe. It's safe to say it's Mary Jane and uh, Black Cat number one beyond. Yeah, I was about to
0: say. I totally said my You did word. say that. So- yeah, you did say that. <laughs> So, so Roddy Cat is, in fact, concurring with my choice this week. Yes.
1: Yeah, I was I feel like I was already I was already there uh, before even coming into this, to, to, to the thing, but I didn't pull it out. I didn't put it out on the sheet just in case, you know, uh, Amazing might have tipped it, even though Amazing was actually a good compliment Um. Uh, to this. But no, it, it's definitely this one. <laughs> that being said, we are going to go into the new section. But first, an ad read. All righty,
0: our first ad read of the show is for Funko Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise including their custom DIY pop figures. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website. Please go to our network website at cspn.us. That's CSPN.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link that is there at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10, shop S H 10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news.
1: And, as we do about this time, we get into the cinematic news. First up, One Piece anime returns to Toonami. Um, apparently... So, the the programming block confirmed the Straw Hats Pirate's return with an announcement on its official space, Facebook page. Facebook. Huh. Uh, in early January, Tsunami announced that it was planning on adding a new anime series to its schedule every week for the next, quote-unquote, month or so. Uh, the programming block previously revealed two of those series, the second season of the sci-fi comedy Assassination Classroom and the critically acclaimed fantasy adventure Made in Abyss. Excuse me. Um the series will in this new will start will begin this new run on american tv with the first episode uh of the return to suboity uh, i guess that's the one per, one, uh, one piece arc uh which also marks the beginning of the second half of the series the network will air one piece's 517th and 518th episode back to back on january 23rd which uh, has already happened, by the way, folks, uh, at 1.30 a.m. Eastern. So that has already started happening. 517 episodes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and I know there's more than that because it's like almost seven, 800, probably close to 1,000 at, at this
0: point. So next up. Yeah, it's a bit much to get into. I know it's very popular. Yeah. Speaking of very popular, the highly anticipated Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie is heading to Western theaters on March 18th, 2022. The film, which already debuted in Japan last December, is finally heading to theaters across the U.S. and Canada. The dark fantasy film from Toho Animation will be available in both English dub and subtitles, um and it will arrive in more than 1500 theaters nationwide the film's going to go to the UK and other western territories at a later date which means that the streaming release is still in the future after that uh that theatrical release uh sadly this is the way yeah you know that's uh you know are you up on jujutsu kaisen yes okay mhm so yeah, we'll get to, I was about to say, we'll get to uh, our anime update maybe later.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, this would be just one of the times to do it, because I think this is, that's pretty much the bit of, and well, there's a little bit in the news. Regardless, uh, at least one of Peacemaker's cast is slated to return in a uh, DCEU film, apparently. Um... James Gunn said that at least one character from the HBO Max uh, series will appear in a future DC uh, extended universe film quote unquote is the part of the ZCU. I mean, they can use these characters. I mean, one of these characters, uh, which people have kind of figured out one of these characters is, is used in a, in a future big DC movie. That's from here. Gunn said on the Hollywood reporters podcast. Um, so we are connected to all of this. Who knows what role these characters are going to play in the future? I mean, no one knew the Guardians of the Galaxy were, and all of a sudden they're massive players in the uh, in, in the Avengers, uh, yeah, in game and Infinity War. I guess that's true. Uh, so, who knows what's going to happen with Peacemaker in ten years, five years, or whatever? I feel like he probably does know because I think they're doing another spinoff, aren't they? Or did he, he's definitely doing another DC show, but as opposed to who is, um, oh. Okay, so apparently this yeah, comes Yeah, he's just after, teasing it. He's teasing yeah. it. He knows who it is. Right. So apparently this comes after rumors that Amelia Harcourt, played by Jennifer Holland, and again, not so surprising there either way, in Peacemaker, would appear in Black Adam, uh, which is set to premiere in the Well, I guess it's kind of so because I don't think he has anything to do with uh, Black Adam, now that I think about it. So, I was about to say, if it was his movie, then that makes sense. <laughs> that is his wife, after all. Um... But, yeah. So, there's that. And then they they, kept, they mentioned a couple of other people. But,
0: um, that is that is that. Next up. Next up. So, this is a, a link to an article from The Hollywood Reporter that is uh, kind of a lengthy uh, interview with uh, the actor uh, Chukwudi Iwuji, who plays uh, Vern, I mean Myrne, on... Uh, peacemaker and he also in this article talks about a complex character that he's going to be playing in guardians of the galaxy so talk about um, talk about James Gunn you know uh, using the same stable of actors for multiple projects because in this article uh, says he literally went from dancing on the soundstage, you know, with that's a reference to the opening, uh, credits for Peacemaker to, uh, James Gunn telling him, come over here. I want to, I want you to be in guardians of the galaxy three. So that's pretty cool for him at least. Yeah. And yeah. we still don't know who he's playing.
1: Right. And honestly, part of me reading this thought, like, wait, I thought he wasn't doing guardians of the galaxy three, James Gunn that is.
0: No, they brought him back to do that. Now that he's been reinstated at Marvel, yeah. So, okay.
1: Um. So yeah, I guess we'll find out at some point who um, who who's gonna play in the, in Guardians. And yeah, this again, no surprise. James Gunn using his own stable because he has been, you know, <laughs> this whole time. Like we, mm-hmm. famously, his brother's been in a, a lot of his stuff. Or at least at least Guardians of the Galaxy and uh um uh Suicide Squad. Sure. So And actually probably other members regardless. Uh next up. And not the first director to do this, obviously. There are there are people who uses their own stable of people repeatedly, so. Not that big of a surprise. Um like I said, well, Celeste Stallone, I guess fits in that also 'cause in in a way, because of her Guardians and Suicide Squad. Anyway, mm-hmm. um all the changes made from the comic book uh, in episode one of Naomi. And this is a spoiler alert, but I'm not even going to get through all of, go, go through all of this. So if you, uh, as I said earlier, have been watching this Naomi show, and it is kind of quite CW. And this um, article kind of goes into uh, some differences between, or at least at the time of this article, the first episode of Naomi and the comic books. Um which I won't again won't go through to go into too far into, but uh there are definitely differences. Even I know that not even reading the comic book, but or haven't read the comic book yet, but you know it, it is a decidedly different thing. So but you can go check that out in the show notes if you are so inclined.
0: Next up. Next up uh, as Superman and Lois' second season rolls on, Jenna Duan Tatum's Lucy Lane had her backstory rewritten uh, in a heartbreaking manner. So this is spoilers for the ongoing Superman and Lois Season 2. And this is uh spoiler specifically for Episode 2, which aired uh, last week. And... Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but, uh, if you are up on this, it is apparently, uh, Lucy's undergone a drastic makeover, uh, which is revealed when Lois ran into trouble at the Smallville Gazette. Okay.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Surprising. Kind of slightly surprised they brought that character into this, uh, universe. I know it's a different one than the Super Supergirl one. So. i oh, um, you mean Lucy, the, the Lucy Lane? Yeah, I mean it's the same 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 woman, t- t- you know, same character, same woman. I think. I mean, it's, oh, I mean same, same actress, same actress. Yes. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, they they changed it from I, from Supergirl to Hero, Apparently, I've not been watching this uh, this show, so I don't, I did not know that. But I do know okay. it's the same character or same same woman. Got it. Um, got it, got it. Batgirl in this, uh, Ivory Aquino to play DC's film's first trans character. She will apparently play. Um, see, she's joined the cast of Batgirl and will appear as Alisa Yao or Yo, uh, the best friend of Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Um, so that's cool. Let's see, Aquino is be is known for her work in the 2017 LGBTQ rights miniseries When We Rise, uh, which aired on ABC and saw her portray trans rights activist Cecilia Chung word of a Batgirl casting has been speculated about online after star Grace shared uh, uh, Leslie Grace, that is, shared a photograph of the two of them together in an Instagram story earlier this month. Um,
0: So, cool. That's awesome. Uh, next up. The Batman. No, not the cartoon, but the movie. <laughs> So, promotional materials for the Batman movie have seemingly revealed when tickets for the film will go on sale. A TV spot for the Batman, which was posted on Twitter by the Batman Film News via a link, uh, reveals the on sale date as February 10th. The spot itself features a voiceover from Selena Kyle, Catwoman, aka Zoe Kravitz, in this film, and shows a few quick cuts of scenes from the film. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be opening night for that. We'll see. Yeah,
1: I' not seeing that happening either. Um, even if things honestly, even if even if this suddenly changed for the better, I don't, I don't. I still wasn't really seeing that. So, I don't know. Um, wait, Dennis? Because, uh, hold on a second. Okay, this one's not going to HBO uh, HBO Max right off the bat, correct? Because I feel like there's at least one right. More my film.
0: understand. No, I was about to say my understanding was that that was just for 2021.
1: I know, but I feel like there was one that's. I thought there was one that. Well, Matrix. That was the guess the the one that came out this year that was still a part of that, and I think that might have been the last one because I thought there was like at least one no more Matrix. That was in that.
0: Matrix dropped in 2021, like at the end. It was like Did between it? Christmas and New Year's. Okay,
1: well, no time, folks. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, gotta, that 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 I can tell you specifically because I remember. Um, I remember being invited to go see that opening night, right? The Matrix movie in in theaters, and, we and were it just happened it. to drop between Christmas and New Year's. So All i right. i have a, a I have a, a frame of reference for that at least because yeah. my own sense of time is also warped.
1: Yeah, but I feel like the, the still yet yeah, I feel like there was there was another one that was supposed to, and now I know this. But the Batgirl one is definitely, but that wasn't slated to go in the theaters. That's just HBO Max. But I thought there was one that was still doing the whole day mm. and date thing. No, I get it. Uh, But I could be wrong. Regardless, uh, it's still coming. And speaking of the Batman, uh, the Batman's director on building a new Batcave and the uh, Batmobile. So, apparently, according to this article, the Batman is uh, set to take a more realistic approach to the Dark Knight. And that extends to the Batmobile and the Batcave, too. Uh, During an interview with Esquire UK, director Matt Reeves explained his take on Batman's uh, iconic vehicle. "Quote unquote," the Nolan films established uh, the Batmobile as a tank, which was a brilliant idea, he said. But I thought wouldn't it be cool if the guy is a loner and a gearhead and fashioned these things by himself, taking apart, uh, taking parts from other cars and kit cars? So it's recognizable as a car this time, but it's like a monster car, one that he's made himself. And I guess this article goes on to um, it does state more differences between Nolan's, uh, Nolan's Tumblr and this here vehicle. So
0: sure. All right, cool. Next up. Next up. So this is just an article, uh, kind of a, a, an opinion piece from CB, from a writer at CBR that basically talks about how Sony already has a killer sendoff for Toby McGuire's version of Spider-Man by portraying, Oh, by, by, by telling the, their version of the story of Craven's last hunt, uh, and by using that to give kind of a a fitting farewell to the Tobey Maguire version of Spider-Man. So that's what this piece is about. Yeah. Which is also, which is kind
1: of weird considering, I mean, they could do it and I'm sure it would it would be great, but also they kind of already have something built in to do that. It's called Spider-Verse. If they wanted to go that far. But who's to say if this is even What do you
0: mean? Uh, what do you mean? I mean to give Tobey Maguire a send off? Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. No, I mean, I, I get why this piece was written. Sure. Because, you know, uh, there are still a few kind of uh, Spider Man story arcs that people just know by name. Right. And Craven's Last Hunt is one of them. And everyone's kind of looking for a way to adapt that particular uh, story. So Sure.
1: But also, Craven was supposed to have a movie. But I, I so that, you well,
0: know, technically that could have been it. Uh, if they mm, were unlikely, be. that would have been like a precursor, you know, like a like a uh 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 call it, uh, a standalone before going into Last Hunt. I would think so.
2: Yeah.
0: If they were
1: to do a Craven standalone. You would think, but also this is not the first time they're like, "Well, okay, we're just going to blend this origin with some other stuff that happened later on in in whatever character storyline." So they they could yeah totally sort
0: of no do that's both. yeah that's definitely true. But so. uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, that was my understanding of the situation is that right. if it was going to be a Craven movie, it would have been a separate. It would have been separate from Last Hunt. Right. You know, like it would have told a different story. Right. So
1: yeah, but again, this is all speculation, and, and this piece is saying, you know, just not saying that this is a. Definite thing, right? Which is
0: what, right, it's not news. That's me being editorializing. Well, that's me editorializing. Go ahead.
1: Um, anyway, let's see. Sony will start production on the Spider Man spin off movie, Madame Web, soon, apparently, or, or at least this is rumored anyway. Uh, it looks like Sony Pictures is pretty far along the development of Spider Man spin off, Madam Web. Uh, in fact, according to, um, <laughs> Superhero movie Insider Charles Murphy, which made me think of Charlie Murphy, who is this who's past um, um 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 the studio is set to start production on this this year. Um I assume this is from some 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 um rumor site, I guess. Um but um Murphy said in a tweet that it sounds like that, quote-unquote, it sounds like Sony, Sony is planning on to to get uh, Madame Webb going this year and then have a location but no date. So, again, this is a rumor. We don't know. Like, we know there's a bunch of stuff up in the air, and don't take this as what it is. It's still a rumor at this point. There is, as far as we know, no
0: confirmation of anything. Uh, however, next up... So this is news. This is interesting. This is something S- I did not know, that the entire script... For Spider-Man No Way Home, actually is now online, released through Deadline as part of its Read the Screenplay series. And in it, it also reveals what uh, some characters were called in the movie. And I'm like, the script is online now? Mm -hmm. So I take it that, uh, or at least part of the script no, the whole. Script. Oh no, it's the entire script. Holy it's cow! Script. Oh, it's codenamed Serenity. Now
1: I love it. I love it. I have, I have, I have downloaded this thing and I have not poured through it. Poured through it, but I definitely.
0: Oh, I am going to download this thing right now. Holy cow! <laughs> That's insane. So I am glad that Roddy Cat has now watched this movie before this was released, or before he looked at this, I presume. I hope. Well,
1: I wasn't going to, yeah, if I hadn't, I wasn't going to actually, I was still going to download it, but I wasn't going to look at it. You know. Yeah, oh my <laughs> God. That would have sucked really hard. Holy no, cow. Because I mean, the first page doesn't really say anything. It's just like, gives. it basically gives, like, as this article shows, actually the article doesn't even show, but basically gives a, that script name that you said and who's behind it. So,
0: that's insane. So yeah. that is insane. I'm scrolling through this now. I can't believe what I'm looking at.
1: I mean, it's not. Yeah, again, not the first time scripts have gone online. Whether you know, uh, yeah,
0: but for a movie that's only been out for like a, a few months. And that is also that part is
1: true. Yes, um, that's the
0: part. That's the part that I find most surprising.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, some a lot of times you can find scripts out there whether they were legally procured or you know intentionally put out there or not so but this one apparently was um (laughs) purposely put out so if you are a fan of scripts and script writing and want to pour through it you know and you've seen the movie if you're interested in it hey it's out there folks (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, right. Because if you're not interested in it and you want to read it just to see what this, you know what this particular movie that has, has 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 garnered, you know, pretty much universal acclaim, what the script what the screenplay looks like then fine. Yeah. But there are people you know, who at the end time. of the day, right, exactly, at the end of the day if you haven't watched it, you're kind of, you know, um you're you're kind of uh uh messing with your own personal experience.
1: Yeah, which if you're I'm, reading like, this, so. Right, if you would have a better sense to not do that if you were bothered by that sort of thing. But, Mm. so, you know. Uh, Nevertheless, like I said, in the show notes, folks, you can go check that out. Uh, Next up, though, speaking of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, um, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home director reveals quote-unquote therapy session held for Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tom McGuire. Um, The reason why I plugged this in here was because this article... Uh, which is part of an interview um, with John Watson Variety. Um, he basically talks about, uh, you know, first day of shooting, that kind of stuff. But also in this article down in here, um, he talks about the storyboarding and, and, you know, the, the issues with COVID that they have to do with and, um, you know, various things around about that. But also goes into explaining um, the meaning behind the titles, of uh the of the three movies and i feel like that um in as much as um is um interesting to me as um the stuff surrounding you know them getting him getting all of the the, the, the spider-man together and kind of chopping it up um uh, when they started the production on this uh, I won't go into what that says, but you can read it for yourself in the article. But it does it does there's kind of a brief explanation about um the intentions behind the um the, the titles of the, the movies. We didn't knew there was a theme to it, but wasn't sure quite what the theme was overall. So there you go. You
0: can again show notes. Have at it. Next up. Next up, so Disney Plus's uh hub for the MCU has now added every Marvel one-shot short. Uh, so you can get every Marvel one-shot short now available on Disney+. Plus. So uh, we've had access to some of these previously, but some of them we have not had access to without having purchased like a Blu-ray in the past. So it's interesting that we've got access to, I think, almost, I think all of them now.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Like, from what I could tell, um yeah everything is is there as it should be um or that as far as because i I can't think of anything that's missing so
0: right they haven't done one in a while according to this article but it's not for lack of wanting to do it right there's mostly phase. the most of these are come from like phase
1: one uh uh projects probably phase one phase two but you know
0: so, right, because I think the, they said the last one was from 2018. Um but um but ultimately uh you know, uh, at least according to uh, uh Louis D'Esposito, uh, the co-president of uh of uh Marvel Studios that, you know, they want to do it, they just don't have, you know, they're just so busy. Mhm. To
1: which, you know, at this point are they need it? Not really, but hey, they were fine. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching Shang-Chi, and um, the the one that had to do with the Trevor character was already up there before they put this together. Right. Um, and we watched that silliness. <laughs> True enough. So, anyway, moving right along. And also, the AJ Carter one-shot is also there, but uh, I don't think the show is there, but that's beside the point. Anyway, next up. Uh, Marvel's Secret Invasion is reportedly almost finished filming. Again, this is... Um, you know, this is uh, a report, not necessarily uh, a hard and fast thing, so it could still be rumored. But we do know they are. We do know they have started filming. So we don't know how far along they are. Uh, and again, this, this comes from the same dude from earlier that that was mentioned uh, earlier. So, you know, don't know if 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 it's accurate, but who
0: knows? Next up. All righty. so uh, Eternals visual effects supervisor Stefan Siretti uh, might have just confirmed That uh, Dane Whitman's Black Knight Will appear in the new Blade movie In an interview with ComicBook.com Siretti discussed the magical Ebony Blade and his additional supervisor Who's now working on Blade Quote, the funny thing is my second on the show Which is Martin Larson My additional supervisor is actually Going to be supervising Blade very soon so Saretti told him uh, that giving that to you as a gift, use it wisely and make good out of it. But he's sure that it's going to do actually even better. And so what's implied is that it is uh, the result of the uh, the, the Kit Harrington and Blade voice cameo at the en- in the post credit scene of Eternals. Spoilers for Eternals.
1: Sure, we still don't know the connection between those two characters because, you know. They don't seem like they would initially
0: <laughs> go together. But well, it wasn't wasn't Blade born in England? Or I thought he was wrong. born in New York City, but in, I, you know, I know no, they've changed it. See, yeah, that's just
1: that it. They might they might end up changing it because I believe he was born in as of the of Snipes movies. I believe he was born in uh, New York City. Oh,
0: is that what it is? Because apparently, I believe at, at, in the comics, he's born in England. Right. So I think, don't, that, I don't, think don't, that's probably what it is.
1: Yeah. Like I said, don't quote me on it, but I feel like I remember one of the Blade movies kind of going back to his origin, and, and I believe he was technically born in New
0: York. In New York I don't know. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm remembering. Exactly. Right. That's what I'm remembering, and not being all that familiar with the Blade character um, up until then. So it's interesting. It'd be interesting if they kept him in Britain for that purpose, at least for a little while and had like roots for him to revisit. Sure. You know, cause he doesn't have to, you know, because, the, uh, whatchamacallit, they wouldn't have to, they wouldn't, they, they may not necessarily force Mahershala Ali to take on uh, a British accent, but at least they would preserve that part of the character's, uh, history right. and origin to give him a reason to be in England. Right. And they definitely didn't at the end of eternal
1: spoiler alerts, if you haven't seen it, which by the way, it's out on Disney plus so you can go watch that. Which mm-hmm. I have re- recently we re- rewatched, um, and uh, so yeah, like I said, you can you know how they end up doing that. Yeah, I and I was thinking like they could. I know I've seen videos on this also, but they p- could also tie Blade to Moon Knight because it sounds like mm-hmm. there there are there have been theories that are tying Moon Knight to Eternals some kind of way. I haven't watched those videos, but you know I've I've seen them out there. Actually, I take it back. I did watch one, but. You know, I don't I think I paid attention. Regardless, this is the thing that's a thing. We'll see where what comes out uh what it comes out to. Um Star Trek Picard Weapons welcomes back TNG's Whoopi Goldberg in season two trailer. Um so the new preview for Picard's ongoing re- adventures reveals that Guinan, the HSL Mar El Arion, uh bartender and the Starship Captain's most trusted confidant, will return to give her old friend some much needed advice during the season's next. Uh, the series's next season, the trailer shows that Guinan is once again running a bar. This time on Earth, uh, the character was originally introduced in the next uh, Next Generation second season and played a key role in seven several of the series most famous uh, episodes including the time traveling 2 power times arrow um which kind of came out of nowhere and i don't think it ever explained that where the character came from because i just remember she just showed up one day and i know she's a Goldberg's goldberg is a big star trek fan so that's not that but like like where did this character come from <laughs> out of nowhere but it never really got into that so regardless but we do know that uh, guynan and Q don't like each other and Q is going to be a part of uh, Star Trek Picard Season 2. So there you go. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to that, actually. Um, d- despite whether the show is actually needed or not, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to just watching it. Uh, which uh, is going to be March 3rd when the new season starts of Star Trek Picard Season 2. Next up.
0: Next up, uh, in somewhat surprising news, Paramount delays Mission Impossible 7 and 8 nearly a year each. Paramount Pictures and Skydance announced that Mission Impossible 7 and 8 will both be delayed until 2023 and 2024, respectfully. So now the new release dates will be July 14th, 2023, and June 28th, 2024. Part of this is obviously understanding why... You know this is possibly delayed because you know the production struggled during uh, some of the earlier, more intense parts of the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, and now we're having issues, obviously, with people going to movie theaters. So that makes some sense. But nevertheless, we are going to get more Mission Impossible
1: movies. And I know that I love those movies, so I'm not even going. I'm not even tripping, but I'm like the. They've still been good so far, <laughs> reasonably good so far. How long that's gonna last, we don't know. Right before we start getting into a Fast and Furious, Furious situation, which again, still good, but getting a little long.
0: Yeah, it's you know, there, there's definitely you know, there's all there are good Mission Impossible's and bad Mission Impossible. Same with Fast and Furious. As much as I like to say that's my guilty pleasure, uh, um, uh, movie viewing. Mm. So. So yeah, you know that's 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 you know that's generally when you get that much of the product, that's generally how it goes. Yeah, yeah, indeed.
1: That's not necessarily comic book uh uh, uh stuff, but sometimes we you know with the fast and furious, sometimes we do di- that di- 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 divert just slightly because it's fun pop culture stuff. Um, transfer. Well, a little, little bit pit 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 pit. This is a weird article here, and no, that's not a weird article, but um. Where we, where we? paramount delays nope that's the wrong one paramount sets the site on new dates for animated transformers and teenage mutant ninja turtles movies and this is basically coming from a. um uh, in case you missed an article from gizmodo so basically uh, as a part of the same restructure reshuffling of um uh such as the likes of uh mission impossible that we just talked about uh, a brand new animated Transformers movie has been given a July 19th, 2024 theatrical release date alongside Seth Rogen's animated TMNT project, which is now slated for August 4th, 2023. I don't remember if we heard about anything of a new Transformers movie. Oh, well, a new animated Transformers movie. Let me rephrase that. Um, so, this is slightly news to me. Unless we talked about it before and it just blocked it out. One of the two, who knows? You know, and if I, think I it's I, news. I, I don't recall. Yeah. And more likely it's probably cyberverse. Who cares? But I mean, if it's not, then we'll see as, uh, as the time gets closer, I guess. Next up though.
0: Next up, a production notice for Disney plus star Wars series. Ahsoka reveals plenty of new information about Rosario Dawson, Dawson's upcoming Mandalorian spinoff. So the show is due to start shooting in Los Angeles this month, according to this listing posted in Reddit. Um, Rosario Dawson, Hayden Christensen, Natasha Lou Bordizo, and Ivana Sakno are listed as starring. And the plot summary introduces a Sokotano, a Togruta female who was the Padawan learner. Yeah, I'm, I'm skipping past the um, all this uh, filler stuff because we know it. And her <laughs> destiny laid along a different path to the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And it confirms that, <coughs> excuse me, Ahsoka on the hunt for the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn in the hope it will help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger, the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago during Rebels. Yeah, A.K.A. at the end of Rebels.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, cool. Speaking of Ahsoka, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead joins Rosario Dawson in Ahsoka. Um, so yeah, so Huntress has. Um, and, and Ramona flowers has now joined the star Wars universe or is now joining the star Wars universe. Um, says here that the actress has joined the buddy cast of Ahsoka, uh, as we've just re- discussed, we all know who that is. Uh, Hayden Christensen is reprising his role, which we already knew about. Uh, we do not know what her character, uh, anything about her character, um but the usual suspects are are behind the scenes in it, that being Dave Filoni and John Favreau and it looks like production begins this spring in in California with the exception of the fact that uh, I think that last article said that they were presumably starting soon um so go go figure there you go next uh
0: is the Walking Dead universe telling one last tale about Tyrese Williams, Chad Coleman who played the hammer-swinging zombie apocalypse survivor in seasons 3 to 5 of The Walking Dead. Maybe the first series starts a return for AMC's episodic anthology spin-off Tales of the Walking Dead. Uh, the first season is now in production in Georgia and will consist of six standalone episodes focused on new and established characters set in the world of The Walking Dead, including those who have already died on the flagship and its spin-offs. Okay.
1: Mm. So I guess fun fact for me, I'm pretty sure people already knew this, but I did not know this myself uh, until I looked it up. But apparently uh, Lauren Ridloff uh, from the Eternals was also a cast member on Walking Dead for a couple of seasons. Um, And I think it's actually I saw an article where she might be returning to, um, to to the series. So that's interesting to me. Cause and it kind of still goes on to the fact it was like, okay. Well, Game of Thrones and and Walking Dead that's pretty much wherever they've been pulling folks from no. <laughs> for the last few years. So they they're continuing that tradition, uh, in in true Marvel and pop culture fashion. Uh, but next up though, um, The Matrix Resur- Resurrection, excuse me, is headed to Blu-ray on March twenty-eighth. And uh, that's pretty much all that needs to be said on that, except for the fact that, um...
0: It may seem quick, but at the same time, they need to recoup some of the money from it having been the last uh, movie release and streaming release. So they want to get it out there into the DVD world. I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess so. That's true. Um... And yeah, if they're going to make it up, that's, that, that is definitely a way for them to do it, and rather sooner than later, since it's already digital. Since they've already got part of that already done, they just need to press it and put the rest of the Blu-ray extras. Which, actually, if you're interested to know what the Blu-ray extras are, it is, they are um, listed in this article. Which, actually, if you were watching the video version, you can see said things. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Next. Now we're transitioning.
0: We are. To the comic book news. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Actually, you know what? Before we transition, you want to do our anime update now? Sure, go for it. So, just very quickly, you should make this a section now. Um, kind of already. So, have been. <laughs> what's that? So we kind of already
1: have been uh, on the low.
0: No, but like an official, yeah, an right. official section so that we have like a, a spot for in it in the, in, in the show. Hmm. Um, so, uh, last week, you know, it's funny because we, we, because we record these things basically a w- almost a week after a lot of the new stuff comes out. At least the new stuff that, that I'm following. I don't know about the new stuff that RoddyCat is following. Sure. Are you following anything new that's, that, that, uh, other than Demon Slayer?
1: Um, no, I think that's probably the newest uh, that I can think of right now.
0: Right. So this is a new experience for me, like following anime as they release. You know, it's not a brand new because I was following Attack on Titan, you know, which is one of the animes that I'm following now, uh, 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 you know, watching them day of release. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's 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 a different experience and I'm not used to the release days being like on Sunday. You know, it's just kind of weird that, (laughs) you know, something's getting released on a Sunday, you know, but at the same time. You know, Walking Dead, Sopranos, Wire, you know, all like, you know, used to get lots of uh, uh, prestige television on HBO on, on Sundays, Game of Thrones, obviously, right. on Sundays. So I guess I shouldn't be so surprised that we're getting uh, new anime on Sundays here in the States. So um, I caught up, I'm caught up on Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer. Um, I can definitely tell you that this past episode of Attack on Titan is pivotal pivotal in terms of understanding where this story is headed. Because up until this uh, up until this episode, I think that um, we were all under maybe mistaken impressions of where the story might be going. But this this particular episode really sets us on the path to where this story is probably going to end. Uh, in terms of Demon Slayer, uh, it's you know more we we got we got some interesting insight into the sound Hashira. So, Tengen. Okay,
1: I, so, so I, have not, I
0: have not watched this week's episode. Right. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. I was gonna ask if you had made it through this week's episode, but I wasn't gonna spoil yeah. it because it's still so new. Right.
1: Yeah, because I was I was thinking about I was like, well I could wait another week and then do double up uh, double up on, on the episodes, but you know, and but I had intentions of watching, I just hadn't. Uh so mm-hmm. I think Demon Slayer is probably the newest thing, like I said earlier. I've, I've been catching up on other stuff. Like I'm I'm almost finished. I think I got like two episodes on Samurai Champloo, which I don't know why I'm holding off on that, uh, before I get into uh my hero. Um and 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 try to finish up um, uh Dragon Ball Super.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I might try gotcha, to.
0: Take gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually, you know, like, I've kind of put my uh, my new anime watching on hold for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I actually went back, I'm actually in the middle of a rewatch of Haikyuu, just because it's fun. <laughs> you did mention so it's that, It's just yes. a fun, it's a fun, I'm still in the middle of it, it's just a fun show. You know, I really should try, like, a new sports anime just to see how it compares. But Haikyuu is but just sure. so, what's that? I said it probably won't
1: compare, now that you've seen that one first, but yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) Right. No, a lot of people, you know what's funny is that a lot of people said that about Attack on Titan, because a lot of people are Attack on Titan diehards, Mm. and they'll say that, well now that you've watched that, because that was essentially like the first modern uh, anime I watched, like I, you know, I binged it so I could catch up on what I thought was going to be the... um, The climax of the story when uh the season four uh was initially released right Mm -hmm. so um you know having done that uh and, and 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 i did i definitely had people in my anime uh on my anime advisory board tell me that, um you know, now that I watch that, you know, everything else may not compare favorably. I don't agree with that necessarily, yeah. but I definitely see the po- I definitely see the point because I think the storyline is much more complex than some of the other anime that people have come up watching, you know, not to not to um, talk smack about Dragon Ball, but it's definitely not as complex as Attack on Titan. Right. Um
1: And yeah, I mean, I don't think everything should necessarily compared it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be favorable or you know or detract from it. it's like some things just hit differently you know like mm-hmm. yeah definitely like talk on target uh, attack on titan is one of the big current uh, uh not current but modern as you said or or, or current phase because obviously you know the enemy's got a long history one of the ones that hit a lot of people strongly mm-hmm. um in, in one fell swoop, you know, we've seen that with uh, my hero. We've seen that with uh, Demon Slayer to a to a slightly smaller extent, and Jujutsu Kaisen, but to a smaller
0: yeah yeah. Extent. I was gonna say because Demon Slayer is so so new, and right. there's so little of it out there, even though the manga is finished. Mm-hmm. So. But, i think that you know demon slayer is having is in the process of having that effect
1: right but you but know? even when it started like people people took to demon slayer in a big way like i was the whole thing i've seen that when it when people started getting onto it were like you know just glowing you know all right. over social media uh, about demon slayer when it when it uh when it popped off so it's kind of having a similar effect that that uh attack on titan did in a different way gotcha and my hero specifically because that one definitely people are like just all kind of all over that one positively right so but that being said though um yeah like, like the yeah we'll, we'll see about doing a, a an official anime corner thing <laughs> um we will definitely be keeping a, a track of and we do have some 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 manga news coming up so there is right. and- there is there's a thing for that
0: Right. And, and at the end of the day, you know, while we may be talking about new stuff that we're watching, we may be talking about rewatches like we just did. Yes. You know, so. Oh, that's All what right. I was going to say. So I was
1: going to say that um, because you, t- so I want people to know that your rewatch of Haikyuu is not coming that far after your initial rewatch. So that's, exactly. that's an important thing to note about this. That That's how much it, this is uh, impressed upon not only age of seventy, but other people, because Haikyuu was definitely one that people were like, you know, this is like you know, f- especially but for this is the for sports, a sports anime, exactly, for yeah. a sports anime. Now, granted, people before that were on like Yuri on Ice, but those were that's kind of a more niche thing to, to certain mm-hmm. people, to certain people. But Haikyuu has taken, has been taken by a lot of people as being like just a great sports anime or just anime in general, but def- definitely for sports anime, right.
0: Like, I know that there's a, 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 a popular basketball one out. Yes. That's, and yeah. I know that um, uh, one of my, you know, uh, one, of my, one of the members of my anime advisory board um, uh, talked to me about that one. But then I jumped onto Haikyuu because I had read so many glowing reviews on it, and I don't regret it at all. And as Roddy Cab mentioned, it's not that long after my initial watch that I'm doing a rewatch just because it's that fun. It's that good. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's something. Like, granted, there are people who 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 do that kind of stuff, but it doesn't. Not everybody does that just like that quickly after watching initially watching right. a show. So right, right, right. I need to get. I need
0: to find a sound effect for our anime corner bits. So yeah, we'll we'll get on that. We'll um, figure it out. You know, maybe I'll do a rotation of uh, some of the anime songs that are super popular. You know, just like a te- like a two second or three second um, sound effect or bit or something, because you know. We do have one particular sound effect um, that yeah. is anime based. Now I gotta I know find one in it particular that
1: I'm planning on pulling because I think I already got it. But
0: well, no, I mean I already have one. I just have to find it on my board because it's just been a while since I actually played it. Hmm. Um, well, no, I'm
1: talking about for my own benefit. For my own benefit, because like I said, this is this is a pretty good sting. I think.
0: Oh yeah, It'll no, I it got you. Gotcha, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Because at the end of the day, I've got some stuff from Voltron but in terms of like sure. uh like the more classically trained anime ears um oh man what happened to it i could swear i used to have a kamehameha uh yeah, on did. my you, soundboard
1: you did cuz you feel like you you've, you've i
0: played kamehameha. it before
1: yeah recently yeah i
0: have played it before so i just can't fi- i'm just looking for it and uh but but folks this is you know this is just a result of me having a very crowded soundboard uh, lots of sound effects all around, mm-hmm. but like I said, you know? like I said, we'll get that together
1: uh, for for mm-hmm. forward. So let us get back over to the comic book news
0: and the transition. I'll play it again.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> comic store publisher market shares uh, for Q four twenty two and one come out, and apparently DC has gained on Marvel uh, according to this article so DC Comics narrowed uh, Marvel Comics' market share lead in Q4 2021 based on sales of comics and graphic novels, tracked at point of sale by the Comics Hub system at stores, uh, selling American comics around the world uh, and provided to ICV2 which is this article is coming from who kind of tracked that kind of stuff I'm not going to go through all of this data because it's all data points, but basically uh, Marvel's still number one, DC's second by by, uh, Marjorie um, image, boom, IDW, in that order, Dark Horse, and it keeps going from there. Um, and it breaks it down for dollar shares and percent shares that you can see um, in the video version of this here show. You're welcome. If you are interested in that kind of stuff. Next up.
0: Next up in interesting news, IDW is losing the publishing licenses to specifically G.I. Joe and Transformers Uh, uh, as announced by IDW, the move comes in the wake of the Hollywood Reporter reporting in December that Skybound, the imprint run by The Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman, was in talks to pick up the license from Hasbro, the Rhode Island-based toy and media corporation. So the announcement says at the end of 2022, IDW will bid a fond farewell to the publication of G.I. Joe and Transformers comic books and graphic novels. They've had these licenses specifically for Transformers for 17 years and for 14 years with a uh, GI Joe real American hero. Um, IDW retains Hasbro properties, my little pony and dungeons and dragons comics. Um, hmm. And I don't know about ROM space night, but I know that that is also a
1: Hasbro property. Right. And on that note this is interesting because as some folks may remember Hasbro was Hasbro was trying to do this uh shared cinematic universe with all of these properties which apparently they've gone well away from because I don't know we've we've talked about this since what 2012 or something I don't remember
0: when that, Yeah, it's been that a while. Happened. It's been a while. It's been in the it's been on you know the on the wire, the news wire for for you know for a while here and there. Mhm.
1: So um, we do know that there is a that that um, Larry Hama is still doing his IDW his um his um his run of GI Joe Real American Hero over at IDW with, with whatever's going to happen with that maybe that's just going to go over to uh, Skybound if 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 they end up picking it up and there are definitely like two or three um, <laughs> Transformers books in addition right. to other you know uh, crossover books and whatever that uh right. that they probably finishing up on.
0: Right. Um, yeah. The, you know, the, the, the uh, part of the you know, part of the announcement talks about their plans for um, getting through 2022 with some big, big milestones like issue number 300 of G.I. Joe, a real American hero with Larry Hama at the uh, at the helm of the book right oh okay it says here that
1: the monthly Transformers book which actually one of them came out this week but I didn't get a chance to read uh, will wrap up by midsummer while the Transformers Beast Wars, uh, Wars series which I think one came out last week that I didn't get to to read will come to a new conclusion this summer also uh, this will lead to two new mini series events uh, and the company will also publish a variety of special one shot projects spotlighting heroes and villains from across Transformers history but they've been already doing that Um, and like you said, G.I. Joe 300, uh, with Larry Hama's thing. And looks like uh, G.I. Joe Miracle Micro Hero, Saturday Morning Adventures. I do remember, I forgot about this, because we did have an article on this, and I totally forgot to, uh, pull that when I saw it. But yeah, uh, Saturday Morning Adventures, uh, will offer a four-issue send-up of the beloved 80s cartoon, and also it's being the 40th anniversary of G.I. Joe. So, there you go. That's, that is, um, that is that. Now, someone asked, um, someone went into something about, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but that is owned by, um, Nickelodeon, I believe, a uh, lock, stock, and barrel, if I'm not mistaken. So, any licensing for that that has nothing to do with IDW, if I'm not mistaken. I might be slightly wrong about that. Um... But I'd have to look into that. I'm not going to do that right now, though. Anyway, next up. Oh, is this me or you? Nope. Uh, no, DC, actually I have to, oh, what's up? No, no. So it's you. Okay. I'm gonna take these next two actually, because they're related. Uh, DC's VP and GM steps down after two, after less than two years. Uh, so, Senior Vice President and General Manager of DC Comics, uh, Daniel Cherry III, has left his post after less than two years managing the comic book company. According to Hollywood Reporter, sources claim that Cherry's exit was a, quote-unquote, quitting, uh, though his reasons for abruptly leaving are still unknown. Uh, and it kind of goes into uh, his role and um, therein. Uh, but apparently there's... um. DC also promotes, went ahead and promoted uh, Annie pies or DePee's, uh to SVP and general Man- manager. So they already got a replacement for uh, Daniel Terry. Um And it goes into what her roles uh, is going to be in that. So whether we find out there's more to this story or not, there's a thing. So next up.
0: Next up, DC's next big Arrowverse crossover is unfolding in a new event series. So, DC announced a new six issue event series titled Earth Prime, featuring completely canon Arrowverse stories and an epic crossover finale. Makes sense that they would finally do this. I don't know if they'd ever done this before like, do separate, uh, you know, uh, self contained stories uh, using only the T, the TV versions of these characters, but I think it's a good idea for them. It's going to be a three-month, six-issue series. They did do a an uh, an, an Arrow show.
1: Uh, they did do an Arrow comic based on the, the characters on the Arrow show. Okay. So, I do remember that one.
0: Right. I was about uh, to say, ladies and gentlemen in the Comfort Chronicles audience, remember who I am. I am not someone who's watching these shows. So... S- s- well, you I know, at the end of the day, the you know, this is this, this wouldn't even be something I would pick up on the stand. So hmm. eh, I might, I
1: might not either. And I was watching the shows. Um, so just was, you know, but we'll see what, what come time. Uh, next up, though. I think, um, wait, I thought It's I put, you. Yeah, no, I thought I put that in the other thing. But anyway, how Deathstroke became the king of DC villains. Um And this uh, is a setup for one spoiler for Deathstroke, Inc. number five, which I believe came out this week uh, and I hadn't had a chance to read, so we won't really go too far into this. But basically, Deathstroke's being set up um, as as, uh, the kingpin, not the kingpin, not that kingpin, but basically an actual king sounds like uh, with an army of his own. And that, as an extension of Rain, will be the main suspect in the impending murder of Ra- Rash Al Ghul, aka Rachel Ghul, uh, uh, to set up the upcoming Shadow War event, uh, which is coming up in DC. Uh, like I said, won't go too far much into that because I'm not sure what what happens in uh, this issue that um, that uh, that sets that up. And I, but I have been reading Destro King, so we'll see. Next up.
0: Next up, so uh, Gotham Girl is returning to the city of her namesake with a bold new look in the pages of Detective Comics this upcoming April. So uh, Detective Comics number 1059 features the teen superhero real name Claire Glover uh, Glover, uh, appearing in Gotham Girl Interrupted, a backup story written by Sina Grace and illustrated by David Lapham uh, in the pages of Detective Comics 1059. Okay. Uh, and uh, boop, stop it. DC is
1: de- debuting a new Birds of Prey this April. Um, the Birds of Prey are back, but not in a new series, uh, not yet, anyway. Uh, but they uh, have an all new, all different team of uh, Lady Shida, Shiva and Katana. She's got your back. Um, yeah, um, we'll be <laughs> leading up to a new version of the Birds of Prey um who debut who will debut in the pages of April's Batman Urban Legends number 14 although the two haven't been leaders of the team before both have served as members of the popular organization at one point uh Shiva even took on the codename Jade Canary as a play on the name of the founding of a founding member uh that would be Black Canary so apparently, they will be joined by two new, recently introduced characters, Miracle Molly and Ghost. Um, so, but there's nothing else to really go on outside of this. Um, uh, uh Batman Urban Legends number 14 goes on sale April 12th. So look forward to that then.
0: Next. All right. So there is a mod to the Batman Arkham city video game that invites players to confront thugs in a Marvel and DC crossover as Netflix's iteration of daredevil. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. I would
1: all, I would probably try this. Honestly, <laughs> I would probably look for this and try this. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see, um, the, the, the GIF from the Reddit post, uh, that's showing off a little bit of gameplay uh, of this. Yeah, still some of the same... Funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. That That's pretty good. Uh, next up, though, Kate Mulgrew faces Kate Mulgrew in Star Trek Online's next adventure. So, uh, STO developers Cryptic Studios announced uh, that Kate Mulgrew will be making her first first acting appearance in Star Trek Online, uh, having missed out on the Voyager-themed expansion Delta Rising a few years ago. Uh, she will reprise her role as the beloved uh, Starfleet Captain, now Admiral, because at this point in that MMO, it's well past the events of um, uh, uh, Voyager and such. Anyway, uh, in the upcoming season, Shadow Advanced, the Advance, excuse me. Although STO has uh played host to a litany of Star Trek stars over the years, Mogru joins uh, Discovery's Senequo Martin Green as one of the rare captains from a primary Star Trek show to have returned to their character for a long running for the long running MMO. And yeah, that MMO has been around for a while. I love the thing. Uh haven't played it in a minute. But anyway. Um apparently Moguru's not just back as Janeway, uh, but will also be Janeway of the Mirror Universe. And, uh, um, some other folks from discovery and, and, uh, deep space nine, uh, will also return, uh, as, um, characters, both mirror and at least one not. So cool. That's cool. I may check that out. Um, or wait, is it out already? Oh, apparently it's set to release. It's already released. Um, it is released to PC players as of this recording and will be on consoles in March. So cool. Maybe possibly check that out at some point.
0: Next. Alrighty. Publisher Electronic Arts announced several new Star Wars games from developer Respawn Entertainment. The upcoming games, which currently do not have official titles, will span a variety of different genres. Uh, Respawn Entertainment will play a key role in the development of each project, which includes a new first-person shooter, a real-time strategy game, and a direct sequel to the critically acclaimed Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Oh, and speaking of that, we forgot to mention
1: this in Boba Fett. Um, the droid that is uh, your companion in Jedi Fallen Order was that little small droid that shows up uh, at the beginning of... or well, not at the beginning, when... Um, uh, when uh, Peli gets attacked, uh, which we didn't talk about in uh, this week's uh, book of M- book. Oh, of you mean
0: the one that's being chased by the Wampat? Right.
1: that oh, okay. is That droid. Is I, I've from never this. played the game,
0: so I'm not familiar.
1: I remember seeing. It, I forgot. I totally forgot. Yeah, because I think I played a little bit of it. Actually, I, I've seen a lot of it, but I haven't played a whole lot of it. But uh, but I have seen that droid from this, and that's where it comes from. So there was. That and I think there was another reference to Fallen Order in in that this episode. So that that episode kind of pulled from a couple of different places. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so there's going to be I think there's they said something about a real time strategy game, um, another the, another Jedi Fallen Order, and some other game that's, that hasn't been announced yet. Um, so we'll see. respawn has been busy, the, you know, Apex Legends and and whatnot. Uh, no Titanfall 3, sadly, uh, yet, but hopefully at some point. Anyway, uh, and speaking of, of uh, Star Wars, bo and the Night Owl is getting hyper-realistic Mandalorian Hot Toys figures. So, um, uh, Katie Sackhoff's Bo-Katan Kreese and other members of the Night Owls are getting hyper-realistic and Mandalorian uh, Hot Toys, as I just said. Sackoff first made. Well, we already know where she comes from, and the Clara's was uh, a line of things. Blase, blase, Uh It looks like the Polkertan figure will retail for two hundred eighty-five bucks. Hot toys are expensive. Um, hot toys, toys are ex- uh, figures are expensive because they're cause of mm-hmm. um, the the uh, the articulation and whatnot they put in, the detail they put into it. Uh, why Casca retain will retail for 270 and X wolves, uh, for 235. The former of which uh, is expected to ship between April and June, while the latter two are expected to ship between April and June of 2023. Uh, and you can see images, uh, below. And there you go. They're them all together. There's Boca Uh, there's another Bo shot. There's uh, a uh, yep, a couple of Casca, there's Axe Wolves, or Wolves, whatever, and there you go. They look good, but they're, that's, those are expensive. But again, like I said, Hot Toys are expensive, so.
0: Next up. Alrighty, righty, so uh, the upcoming conflict between the Avengers and the Eternals, uh might have just been quietly spoiled by a story focusing on a minor hero's future. So this is spoilers for Marvel Voices Heritage Number 1, which came out last week, uh, I think. Uh, or maybe two yes. weeks ago? Something like that, yes. Right, I remember reading it. I remember flipping through it, mm-hmm. right? And kind of being surprised by the timeline. So, and that's what this article is about. Mm-hmm. So, um, the story... Uh, titled American Eagle Not Dead Yet by Stephen Paul Judd, David Cutler, Jose Marzon Jr. and Paris Alaney, uh quietly features a hint that the upcoming conflicts between the Avengers and the Eternals will end in victory for Earth's mightiest heroes. So um you know it's 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 a hint at it. We're not sure if this is a canon story. That's what that's what the kicker is. Right.
1: So, but I guess we'll find out more um more to the point, when that happens, uh, mm-hmm. this next article we kind of already talked about this, or at least I, I mentioned it. So, a fan favorite Spider-Man costume makes a, amazing, an amazing comeback, which, uh, like I said, um, the bombastic uh, Bagman showed up in um, <laughs> in Amazing Spider-Man. Also, reusing the whole um, "I'm not Deadpool" shirt, which I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if oh, know is
0: that. that what the T-shirt said? I thought it said well, "I'm not Daredevil." Dead.
1: So, I, well, well, I mean. The, one of them he was wearing uh uh because uh, he changed clothes because they went through different days and that thing so, and one of them was the I'm, I'm not Daredevil shirt or uh, okay. was it was a di- I'm not Daredevil shirt it wasn't the specific one but definitely a shirt so that was kind of funny
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: it doesn't really you know it just, really, really just shows the cover it doesn't really show some of that stuff but yeah that's a good issue also
0: anyway next up the Scarlet Witch Wanda Maximoff has a brand new Marvel comic book status quo so this is uh, this is a result of what happened in the books, the Trial of Magneto and the Darkhold miniseries, and that's what this article talks about.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To which we've talked about both of those uh, series, uh, one probably more than the other, but yet yeah, some some things have happened <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in those uh, particular things. Uh, still need to go back and finish that Darkhold one, I guess. Um, but, yeah. Definitely in Trial of Magneto, some shit happens. Um, Marvel announces a new Devil Devil series, uh, debuting this summer. Uh, gonna be written by Chip Sadowski with art by Marco Cicciano. Um, it says that Devil Devil number one will pick up on the plot threads from the current Devil's Reign event. Um... And uh, apparently, see, Zdarsky says that uh, getting to write Daredevil and work with uh, Marco is a career highlight. Uh, I'm just genuinely excited that we get to continue our epic story with this new issue, number one. Um, and it says Matt and Electra have confronted their past mistakes with Devil's Reign and Women Without Fear, uh, but can they atone for them all to- together? Dun, dun, dun. Mm. So there's that. Um, does it say when, Win June
0: next up, a concept, co- a concept art cover for what if Miles Morales reflects the tragic events that turned a variant of the Spider-Verse star into Wolverine. So, uh, in March, what if M- Miles Morales puts a new spin on the Spider-Verse star by turning his variants into costume crus- crusaders reminiscent of other superheroes? And uh, this is just a tease of um, stuff that's been solicited for March. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. I kind of like this, the design slightly better
1: than the current costume. Slightly. Cowboy Boy, the, the
0: Miles costume? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cowboy Bebop's comic adaptation drops a jazzy first trailer. which Actually, that came out this week, now that I think about it. Um, that particular issue. Mm-hmm. So, Titan, Com- uh, Titan Publishing's tie-in comic for Netflix's uh, Cowboy Bebop, which is, that's a thing to note, uh, has received a jazzy trailer showing Spike Spiegel, Jet Black, and Faye Valentine causing chaos in a casino as they hunt their latest uh, bounty. Uh, written by Dan Waters... Illustrated by Lamar Matherin, uh, uh, Cabo Bebop, the comic series, will run four issues. With issue number one being released, well, it was released this week uh, after a one month delay, which when it was previously announced for a December release, when Cowboy Bebop <laughs> uh, actually released on Netflix. So, if for those keeping track, this is a comic book adaptation <laughs> of, um, it's a comic book adaptation of a Netflix show that was adapted from an anime, which actually has uh, manga adaptations, but came out around the time of the original running of the the original anime. But that's beside the point. So this is layers, folks. Layers. <laughs> whether we read it, whether I'm actually reading the, the thing or not, who knows? I don't know, but it's out there, folks. Next up.
0: All righty. Uh next up Viz Media debuts uh the first 8 chapters of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean manga digitally. So, uh it's digital digital through it's available through its Shonen Jump service, the company's website and app. Both state a new chapter will be available in 7 days. Uh Okay. Um Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's the news. Pretty much, I'm yeah, just looking they're... at the history of what their releases were. That's what the rest of the the article is.
1: Yeah, and they haven't announced a hardcover. That's that's pretty much that. But also, there we go. Joe, You could throw one of those in there for an anime sting. But <laughs> um, a T-Rex attacks the Morphin Masters in preview for Power Rangers Universe Number Two, which I believe also came out this week. And no, none of us, Neither one of us were reading. Um, so yeah, this will be the. This is the week of uh, the launch of Power Rangers Universe Number Two, where we get to learn more about the, orig- the origin of the Phantom Ranger as well as the Morphin Masters. Boom Studios has released a preview for this issue, and it's not. Well, wow. <laughs> According to this article, it's not very exciting since the Morphin Masters are just trying to recover uh, the Morphin Knot and get out of there. Uh, Wendy does show up to help them as a T-Rex, but then she attacks them. So that's not great. So, so I guess spoilers for that. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're actually reading that, but the, the rest of the awkward kind of goes into the, the, the preview. So you can go check that out if you are, um, if, if you're interested next up.
0: Graphics, the company Graphics will publish Cat Fajardo's middle grade graphic novel, Miss Quinces, or Quinces, in both English and Spanish on April 5th. The first time the publisher has released a novel in both languages on the same day. The main character in Fajardo's story, a girl named Sue, had plans to go to sleepaway camp with her friend over summer vacation, but instead ends up going to Honduras with her family to visit relatives. Once they're there, her mother announces Sue will be having a a surprise quinceañera, the traditional 15th birthday party that marks a girl's transition to womanhood. Sue's not on board with this plan, but she has to figure out how to deal with her family's demands while keeping her own sanity. This is a 256 page graphic novel with an MSRP of $12.99 and the hardcover with an MSRP of $24.99. Okay. Cool. Um, Image Comics
1: turns 30 in 2022, and uh, they've got a lot of uh, books slated to come because of it. Uh, We already have The Return of Saga, which is 30 years for Image. Oh, my God. I know, right? Um, It's kind of crazy. Um, which I, you know what i've been meaning to watch speaking of on the side note that um that uh image uh documentary from like years ago i know it's out there on youtube or, and other places but uh that's that's something i've been curious to watch um but at any rate like i said saga came out this week um there's an official image comics timeline which is going to come out next month um, well, I believe Walking Dead is coming back. Well, I'm not sure if it's coming back with. Yeah, there's a new Witchblade series coming out by uh, Margaret Bennett and um, Christantina. Uh The Walking Dead does return with uh, a Walking Dead Clementine, which is a um, a trilogy of original graphic novels, and that's the character from the uh, video game, not from the show. Uh, with writer artist Tilly Walden. Um bribe Blafwell's profit Returns. um, uh, Which apparently is going to be turned into a live action movie with uh Jake Gyllenhaal apparently. Uh Astro City's coming back. Uh Jim Valentino's Shadowhawk re- returns. A lot of the stuff I have no idea about. Um a new The Darkness uh by Mark Silvestri is going to happen, and uh Christopher Mitten's going to be the artist. Uh, the original Cyber Force is back in print after 20 plus years, plus a bunch of reprint prints uh, for what it sounds like they're doing or possible reprints and stuff of early stuff, um, including the next article, which is.
0: Go for it. As Image Comics' 30th anniversary approaches, the publisher is launching a new anthology titled Image! Exclamation point. Set to spotlight popular creators. A few of the creators connected to the limited series include Jeff Johns, Ed Brubaker, Matt Fraction, and Kelly Sue uh- DeConnick. Yosh- yeah, that's pretty much the news. Yeah, basically.
1: yeah, It's, it's some sort of anthology thing, and yeah, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Invincible also was a, um image thing by way of Skyburn. yeah.
0: So. yeah they're gonna have some new new stuff in you know they have plenty of new stuff in there too
1: so. Right. and um yeah, and this particular anthology is going to debut in April sounds like in a solemnity series, so there you go mm-hmm. um and that's it for the news, folks uh let's get one last ad read in. Our
0: last ad read of the night is for wink. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to torronte, the personalized wine club Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash winc. Wink wines through cspn. Do it today. <laughs>
1: And that brings us to the end of this here Combo Comic Book Chronicles for this week. Thank you, each and every one of you, for coming out. Uh, I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBcaps on Instagram. Which I need to update, because I haven't done it in a while, and I definitely have some stuff. So, look out for that. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com and his umbrella sites therein. Tim, D O G G 9 8 on Twitter, um, CB Cron on Twitter, uh, The Click Nation on Twitter, and of course, Tim is over at uh, comicbook.com writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Little Podcast Network, that's cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast, place of choice, whether it be Google play, Apple iTunes, AKA Apple podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can find us recording every Thursday night, nine thirty ish PM on uh, the YouTube channel of the click nation. That's uh, youtube.com slash the click nation. And also twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Uh, please like and subscribe thank you very much Uh, and with that uh, we're we're done here we'll be back next week so um, this has been the comic chronicles peace peace one
0: yes I found it